ask a Mikey Bet Show, the Mikey Bet Show. Do you know the Mikey Bet Show? Come on, listen to the Mikey Bet Show, the Mikey Bet Show, the Mikey Bet Show. Do you know the Mikey Bet Show? Yes, the Mikey Bet Show, where the bookies get on. Welcome back to the Mikey Bet Show, everybody. Uh, we have our myself, first of all, and then we have our two other co-hosts, Elliot and Jeff. What's up, guys? Yo, yo. Coors Light's here. Is that a Coors Light? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm drinking a, a, a wimpy seltzer, so don't judge me. But I got that the uh, the diet, the wedding diet coming up, so I got to Oh, don't do that to me! Stop Skittles. it! He's just he's <laughs> popping out a a whole big bag of Skittles, and I'm fucking yeah. talking I'm about feast- a diet. I'm feasting on Halloween candy, guys. I have two children. If I don't eat it, they will. And granted, it's not going to do my body good, but it's going to allow me to get to sleep. They're going to be calm. So I got to do what I got to do. Do you go to sleep after Skittles? I feel like that's a sugar rush. Yeah, I'm not a big sleeper. I don't know. JMO, yeah, you know, you know how it is. Like, I'm just not a big sleeper. You know, I'll sleep what do you mean? That doesn't make sense. What do you mean that you're not a big sleeper? Like humans sleep, right? Like that's, that's like, it's like saying I'm not a big water drinker. I'm not a big eater. I'm not, you know, like, well, no, I'm not a big first shelter all- guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a big shelter guy. No, first of all, I'm all about drinking water. Very important. All about eating. I'll eat anything under the sun just because I'm I'm fat. But then, just not a big sleeper. You know, I'll fall asleep. You know, for a few hours, and I just wake up. And then once I'm up, I'm just up. So then I'm just like ready to go, and I start doing things. The mind starts racing, and then I just don't sleep. So yeah, agreed. Yeah, you gotta you gotta choose. Like I get three and a half, four hours of sleep on average. I'm big water guy, big food guy. I don't really care about shelter. I've slept outside of Burger King before, you know, so. <laughs> shout was out college, to Walmart parking lots. <laughs> little college uh, drunkness, but I slept outside, so. That's awesome. Where? What is the drunkest place that you guys have ever, like, woken up? I, I'm, I figure for you, Jeff, it's going to be the Burger King. If it's not, we got some problems. <laughs> yeah, we got some problems. <laughs> How much time you got, Mikey? Jeff's yeah. got some stories. <laughs> There's a lot of stories, but I'll just stick with that one. Yeah, Iowa City, uh, we went tailgating for the game. This is when I'm 25, 24, maybe, mm-hmm. right after college. And, uh, yeah, tailgating at the game, but the night before you go out. So we go out till 4, tailgate starts at 5.30. I end up in Burger King parking lot, sleep. Uh, I'm, like, on a grassy hill at, you know, 4 p.m. So pretty rough. So mine was, I was at Bonnaroo in uh, 2012. And for those who don't know what Bonnaroo is, it's a, uh, it's kind of like a Woodstock festival, but more organized. And uh, it's in Tennessee, bumfuck Tennessee. I don't even know where. And um, I fell asleep behind a pickup truck. I woke up, dude, the wheel is right next to me. So this wheel could like back, this truck could have backed up at any point in time. You know what I'm saying? Thank God it didn't. Uh, Still here, still alive, still beautiful. And, uh, yeah, that was the drunkest I've ever fell asleep and woke up. Yeah, How about you, Elliot? That's that's you guys are both crazier than me. So the one thing I can always say about myself, I'm a very efficient sleeper and puker. I oh if I'm if I'm drinking, if I ever have to puke, I will always make it to a toilet. I will always make hmm. it to a garbage can. Very efficient. Same thing when I'm wow. sleeping. I will always make it to a bed or to a couch. Bachelor parties, you know, college nights, whatever the case is. I claim my spot. I fall asleep, but I also wake up, you know, before everybody. So 
I'm I'm down for the count early, but then I get up early and I'm awake longer than everybody. So I, I, just don't, I don't have I don't really have a story. I just I sleep in beds, I sleep on couches, I wake up, and then if you're sleeping around me though, that's the one thing I will be like, hey, be careful. We're gonna we're gonna play some games. If you're falling asleep <laughs> around me, something might happen. I don't know what that means, but I'm yeah, that's kind of weird, man. I don't. We just had an interview with Michael Quinn, the uh, the creator of the well, not the, the co-founder of Feltman's Hot Dog, who is the creator of the first hot dog, and he's creating Wiener Mag. We've been talking way too much about wieners and weird shit going on, so I, I don't even want to talk about you next to you in a sleepover or anything like that, bro. Nothing to do. Hey, nothing to do with wieners. You took this completely out of context, Mikey. So you and Jeff, I don't know where your minds are going with this. I'm over here just like, you know, you might put your hand in a hot bottle or a hot you know, glass of water. I might put some cream cheese on your hand. You get on your face. I don't know whatever where you guys into. are taking Whatever this. you're into, bro. I, I'm, I'm not I'm no one to judge. I'm no one to judge. Who said that? So, yeah, who said that? I don't know. <laughs> no. We got a little derailed, but that's okay because that's what we do on the Mikey Betts show. It's a sports podcast sometimes. One-fourth of the time, I feel like we talk sports. The rest of the time, it's just bullshit. Um, this is going to be the weirdest transition, but the Bulls are now 6-2. and two. <laughs> Bulls are 6-2. and two. We, we just lost the Philadelphia 76ers. It was a heartbreaker. Uh, just come back from another comeback, and I'm just tired of the Bulls starting off slow. But this is a good team. I fucking love this team. No, Joel and for us, though. He always kills the Bulls. We are on a seven-game losing streak in Philadelphia. I believe it's seven games. Like, dude, we just can't get out of the gutter in Philly. And uh, you know we're going to hear it from all our Philly listeners already. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, dude. the Sixers are a good team. So it, it was a test, like you said, Elliot. This was going to be a good test with Joel Embiid. Are they, are they a good team? Are they a good team? Are they have they, one of the best like, players in the league. So, I mean uh, – He's like a top five player. You have to be good with, with him, specifically him. But they didn't even have Tobias Harris. Like, Tobias Harris was going to find out that this was a lock for the Bulls, to be honest, if you're asking me. Um, you have one superstar on the team, and you have four against three all-stars. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like the biggest problem with the Bulls right now and everybody starting slow is Vucevic. Vucevic, if he doesn't start fast and doesn't have a good game, he's not going to pop off the rest of the game. I think his stat line was like eight – 10 and four or eight, four and 10, right? This. Yeah. Right. Four points. I, I just, four, po- four points, four points, 10 boards. You're an all-star. You're a two-time all-star and you're not going to get me some boards. You're not going to get me some, Oh, we got me boards, but you're not going to give me any points. I just don't understand. Is he, obviously he's the third wheel in this, this, uh, the bulls roster, but I think he might go, get knocked down to four, especially with Lonzo being on the team. I think Lonzo's taking that step and just, you know, he's the third guy. Yeah, dude. This is, and in my opinion, I think this is best case scenario for the Bulls against the 76ers because this is Hmm. one of the teams that you would put over the Bulls in the Eastern Conference. I think this just kind of like set them up and like gave them a strategy to play going forward because Joel didn't have a good game. I mean, you look at his stats. He didn't put up many points. points. Exactly. The the supporting cast actually are the people that did the work for the 76ers. Uh, Seth, Seth had a game. You know, he's a Curry. Georgie came out with 18. He's a shooter. They they basically came out and said, we're going to you know put some bodies on Joel, and we're going to make everybody else beat us. 
and we didn't have a good night offensively. And to your point, Mikey, when you were talking about Vooch just coming out and just laying an egg, essentially, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think about it. He's coming out first game of the season against one of the best centers out there. And you think about Vooch, all-star, Joel Embiid, all-star, all-pro. No matter what, Joel Embiid, I mean, he's huge compared to Vooch. Right. So to, to have that matchup coming into this game, has to be nervous, especially because he's been underperforming all season. So this was brought- there's levels too. Like yeah. Vooch is an is an all star. Joel's an all star, but Joel's a superstar as well. Yes, so it's a little bit different. Right. No, great dude, great point, Jeff. Because Vooch is out here, like you know, he's gonna put up his numbers, but he's used to just getting those little pick and pops and being the bigger guy. You know, being able to shoot those jumpers over people, being able to. You know, actually he had some open threes tonight that he missed. He's going to make those in the future, hopefully. Um, but, you know, he's going to have a better outing next time around. These are the type of games where I'm glad they actually play the 76ers on Saturday because he just gets another shot at him just to have that, that chance to yep. look at the tape and be like, okay, this is what I was doing on defense. I could have done this. This is what I was doing on offense. You know, I missed these easy jumpers. I'm going to knock these down the next time around. So, again, to your point, Mikey, you know, you said this. Uh, what's his name was out? Um, uh, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris was out. So that's going to be, you know, a big upgrade when they play uh, 76ers and he's back in. But I think they played well, it, especially with the fact with how poorly Vooch played. He's not going to play that bad again. He, he will I never have a game where he scores eight points in a game again. I almost guarantee cool. that. And my thing is, I just. <sighs> They need to stop starting off slow, right? This is probably the fourth game in a row that they've started off slow. So what can we get to fire their ass in the first quarter? Um, I feel like that's always – what do you do to start start off quick? You always give it to your bigs, right, the first quarter. Always give it a little dink and dunk right to the guy right in the middle. And uh, if you can get the, the big guy going fast in the first quarter, it's all gravy for the next three quarters. I'm actually going to the game Saturday. It's going to be pretty litty. I'm going to get schmacked. Cannot wait to go. Uh, you guys can catch me at level 329 with my boy Danny Mack. And uh, as always, we get pretty rowdy. As you guys see my Instagram, my Twitter, and all that stuff, we get pretty rowdy. Almost got kicked out to, at the last Bulls-Knicks game. They called last call at the third quarters, and but they let you drink at the bar. So I took two beers, and I I was wearing a long sleeve shirt, and I like you know stuck them right here. And he's like, oh, where are you going? Oh, where are you going? So I chugged the first one. And I had the second one in my hand. He's chasing me, dude. I'm just chasing me. I'm fucking chugging it. We'll walk into the stadium so he doesn't get me out. I fucking put him down, and I got right into the stadium before he could kick me out. It was like a James Bond movie. Or no, Ferris Bueller. Like Ferris Bueller making it home. That's exactly what it felt like. So, Dude, Vooch only had four points tonight. I know. I was trying to give him some credit. Dude, four points. That will never happen again. He is an elite offensive player. I mean... Dude, literally elite. Made sense that he, he did this against Joel, though, because, I mean, you're playing against one of the greatest players, essentially, of all time at the center position. This is, you know, stuff like that's going to happen. I don't know. Hold on. I'm going to look up his stat line really quick, his game log, because I don't think he's been the offensive weapon that they were hoping for. That yeah, makes the pace sense. of the Bulls is just a little too high for him, I think. I I, I still think it'll he'll come around, yeah. but... We're just a faster team than I feel like he's been used to playing with. Faster than the Orlando Magic? Are you sure? 
Those guys are pretty fast guys. Yeah, pretty fast to lose. That's what they're pretty fast at. So he's, it's yeah, he's averaging it's 15, 10, 15, 17. He had a career or not a career high, a game high of twenty one, a season high against the Knicks or twenty two and sixteen. So he's only had one game over twenty. It's going to be hard to score with all these top scoring shooters, but you guys got to find room and you guys got to find ways to get him the ball. He's a big man, right? He's He's the missing piece. If it were up to me, everyone's like, oh, who do we trade? We need another forward. We need another forward. I would love to bring Thaddeus Young back. I think that would be amazing if we had him back. Uh, right now, we can sell. We can buy him low as fuck. He's averaging 3.5 points a game and 3.8 assisted games, and I think about two rebounds a game. Why wouldn't we go and make a splash for him if you want to keep it small? Or go get a legit center. Go get a center. And put him at the five and then move Vooch to the four where he can do those little pick and pop. You can stand on the corner and, and hit the threes or hit a nice little jumper. I don't know. Just my thoughts. What are you guys' thoughts looking into uh, this whole Patrick Williams injury? Yeah, it's going to be rough. I, like you said, a guy like Thaddeus would be nice. You know, he doesn't have – when he was on the Bulls last time, he was supposed to be one of our better players kind of. Right. <laughs> like, he comes back. He's the seventh guy. You know, we need to do something. So, it's perfect. He could run. He's still athletic. He could run and rebound. You know, and he could he can get close and dunk the ball on some uh, you know Lonzo pick and rolls. You know, he's just a, a hustle guy is what you need for the Bulls right now because Patrick Williams is going to be that guy. So it's a it's right. a pretty big hole, and uh, and then yeah, you don't have to have uh, Vooch try and guard <laughs> Joel Embiid, <laughs> waste his energy, right. let somebody else do it. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I do. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited right now. Uh, Patrick Williams getting hurt. That's unfortunate just because you look at him, he's I feel like he basically came into the league as like a you look at him and he's gonna play fifteen years, no questions asked. Any any role that you want on any team uh at that position. But I'm excited to see what Tony Bradley does. I know that was actually yep. my biggest takeaway in that Celtics game was the fact that he played solid minutes, played well, and we need that force in the paint. You know, like you said, you know, Vooch He's a five, and he he's a true five, but in today's NBA, we need guys like Tony Bradley that are long, they're athletic, they can guard the rim, they can you know play their role and allow these shooters that we have on our team, these playmakers that we have on the Bulls, do their thing. So, you know, Mikey, if they could get that young, I would love that. I know you tweeted that out earlier, and I loved it. And I went to go look to see where he was playing right now because I had no idea. He's on the Spurs. Oh, Spurs. That's how we like, got Demar. For like no money though, Pop's not going to give him up. If they do, I'd be very surprised. But dude, I, that's the one thing I'm excited to see is they got Ao. I call him Ao. I know that's not how you pronounce it. He's been playing some more minutes. Uh, these young guys, uh, Green's been playing well. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony Bradley. I mean, I'm just excited to see these young kids get out there and play because we can't have these starters playing all these minutes. We can't just rely on all these, you know, Lonzo, uh, you know, Demar. We can't re- rely on these guys to do everything. We have to get that rotation going. And I know I said that last episode with, uh, I didn't like the first like two quarters of how uh, Billy Donovan was playing the the Bulls. So. I just love the way that he played him on the Celtics game. This was this is a throwaway game, in my opinion. So I'm just excited to, to keep seeing the Bulls progress game after game. 
So what do you guys got the Bulls at in uh, win totals at the end of the season? And for me right now, it's at 47 and a half. I've always, like, I, I think that they can o- get over 48 games. I got them at 47 and a half. What do you guys got them at? That's the over, right, for the season? No. It's, dude, it was at 42 and a half. I put 50 bucks on them at 42 and a half. I wish I put more. Or 42 and a half. And then what did yeah. it go up to? But right now, I think it's 45. Yeah, I would still hammer it. Yeah, I mean, it just stinks that the East, dude, it sucks that the East is just stacked right now. In my opinion, I think the East is better than the West for the first time in a long time. What? No. That's what? my opinion. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I like this. Let's get into this conversation. East versus West. Okay, so we have the Utah Jazz at 6-1. and one. We have the Warriors, uh, Lakers, Dallas. Oh, wait, you might be right. Memphis, Denver. Minnesota, the Suns, they have a lot more superstars in the West. Yeah. The Clippers, a lot Kawhi, more I mean, the Clippers are playing bad. Kawhi's still going to come back, I think. That's a team who's bad in record right now, but they're pretty yeah. good. The only people that are, like, I feel like the, yeah, dude, I don't know. The people in the Western Conference could definitely outperform the people in the Eastern Conference because, Elliot, you might be right. I'm just fucking flip-flopping back here looking at these Eastern versus Western because Miami, Philly, Chicago, Toronto, Washington. Washington is surprisingly five and three. I don't know how they're up there, but New York, Charlotte, and Brooklyn. And then if you look at Atlanta, Atlanta's getting sneaky. And then Cleveland. I really want to talk about Cleveland. This is the only time I'll ever talk about Cleveland on this show. Bring it up. They are my favorite sneaky team that Vegas doesn't know about yet. So I've been putting money on the the Cavs money line for certain games. And I think I'm on five and two against it on certain games that they play. They always outperform their competition. That's better than them. It's crazy. The, uh, what's the record right now? Five and four. four, five and four right now. Who would have thought that the, the Cavaliers were going to be five and four this year. They are so undervalued with Sexton and uh, Garland and even Kevin Love still on the team. They are so undervalued. Oh, who am I forgetting? First of all, you're forgetting probably the most important piece that they picked up in the offseason. Jeff already has his hands in his air because he just don't care. It is Ricky Rubio. The guy wins wherever (laughs) he goes. You want to talk about a guaranteed bet? You go Ricky Rubio over in assists every game, and you might hit it. But I agree with you, Dude, Mikey. I'm telling you, going, the Cavs, keep going. Bet, bet of the – for me last year, and I gave this play out last year, were the Knicks. I said always bet on the Knicks against the spread to cover the spread. Uh, the Knicks were the best team to cover the spread. I feel like this year it's the Bulls and the Cavs to cover the spread. If they're going to have the best record, every time you put 25 on them, yeah, there will be certain nights that you lose. There's not a night that you don't lose. But more than not, you will make your money if you bet on the Cavs this year. It's it, not all the time, but and the Bulls. Trust me, against the spread, Bulls and Cavs. It's it's a money maker. I I fell in love with the Cavs this year. They beat some pretty good teams too. They beat the Clippers, Denver, Atlanta, Charlotte, my boy Lamelo, and Portland. So they're not just beating up on like the Magic or something. They're actually playing basketball. Right. Exactly. I got a uh, I got a little nibble for the listeners right now since we're talking Bulls basketball as well. If you guys want to put a futures out for Central Division leaders, it was at plus fifteen hundred at the beginning of the season. 
for them to be essential division uh, conference leaders. Okay. And I understand you guys have the bucks. They're still minus 370 to win the conference. Okay. Or the division. The Bulls right now are plus 375 at a record of six to two. The Bucks are a great team. I'm not undermining them at all. But who knows, right? And it's a futures bet, so the cash out value always goes up and up and up. So look at it more as an investment than a actually, oh, I'm going to hit this bet. Look at it through half halfway through the season. See where the Bulls are at. See where the, the Bucks are at. Right before the trade deadline, if you like it, cash out if you don't. Let it ride. See where the Bulls are going to go, because I think the Bulls are still going to have a great season. Elliot, like you said, this is this was a test, right? This was a test. Saturday, we get a chance right back at them, see how we could do against them, and then we move forward. We've got a tough schedule in November. December gets a little bit easier, uh, but the Bulls are for real. Bulls are back. I'm so fucking excited. Um, I want to make it crazy. Uh, like, if the Bulls don't make this, I'll eat 100 wings or something. I want to make some stupid-ass <laughs> better. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, wait. Don't take that too seriously. No, fuck it. 100 wings or something like that. 100 chicken nuggets if the Bulls don't make uh, the second. The Bulls don't make the second round of the playoffs. I will eat 100 chicken nuggets on live on, on uh, the podcast. Wow. On the video. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's a big-time statement. That's confident. If the Bulls yeah. don't make the second nuggets. round of the playoffs, I will eat a hundred chicken nuggets. I'm writing it on my nuggets. whiteboard. You like that? Oh, yeah, put that down. No, hey, no, forget the whiteboard, Jeff. Put it on the put on the wallpaper behind you. <laughs> just write it right, right back there. Yeah, put it out right on the wall. I don't want my sister to slap me because I'm not at my crib. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't do that, actually. But I will eat a nuggets if the Bulls do not make it past the second round. Or if they don't make it to the second yeah, round. I was about to say. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hold on. Let's hold on. Oh, you I like it. Make it to the fucking Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Let's say that. There you go. Before we get out of the uh, Eastern Conference, though, I just want to let Jeff know, because he, he gave me that look. Ricky Rubio, seven assists, three rebounds, zero points. So he's still the Ricky Rubio we know. He's still the Ricky Rubio we Nothing know. That's why, I, that's why I love him. I mean, do you guys remember when Ricky Rubio came into the league? Like, it was, oh, man, he was playing against professionals at 14 years old. And I was like, what the fuck? This guy's going to be like Michael Jordan. He's not Michael Jordan. He didn't pan out as what I thought as a kid. But he's a really good basketball. And he, he prolonged his career for, I mean, this long now. He got drafted in, what, 2008, 2007? Here he is still I agree up. with everything you're saying right now, Mikey. There's nothing I I, I don't agree with. Elliot used to always say, Rubio guy. Like exactly what you said. He always used to tell us, and you know we're really not listening to him. Like, okay, Elliot, you told us this before. He's playing with grown men. He's only 15 years old. Da 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 da. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, whatever you say. Hey, you right. know, he's still playing. So he you're would, right. He would get under Russell Westbrook's skin. That was like. If you ever saw that matchup, you always knew to bet on Ricky Rubio to get on, like, just to win that game because he would always find a way just to fucking piss off Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook would always have a terrible game against him. So, that being said, if you ever want to stop Russell Westbrook, just bring in Ricky Rubio. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Like the other guys, wait, how many teams have you seen? He's been on like 12 teams for sure. <laughs> he has not been on 12 teams. Every team that he's been on outside of the Minnesota Timberwolves, he's been a winner. The guy wins games. He does what needs to be done for his team to be successful. I'm just going to leave boys. it at that. The, 
the Phoenix Suns, they got him. They went to the playoffs. He brought the winning culture. And then, yeah, they brought in Chris Paul, I guess, whatever. And then they went to the yeah, finals. Yeah, whatever. Chris Paul going to the and finals. They went to the whatever. finals. <laughs> but it started with Rubio. <laughs> it started with Rubio. Started and ended with Rubio. They didn't make the finals. They didn't. I mean, they they made the final. They didn't win the final. So to me, it ends with Rubio. Yeah. There you go. If he was on the squad, that's a win. You know, we need to try to get Ricky Rubio on this podcast. I think he would definitely hop on. I'll talk Does to my speak? people. You got people. You got no, people. That I mean, know my Ricky. people sp- sp- would probably speak uh, Ricky's language more than you. <laughs> <laughs> what does he speak? Spanish? Argentinian? No, yeah, it, he, he's Spanish. If it's Spanish, I got you on that one because my my girl's Mexican, so I win that one easily. No, right, I'll give so my people will get that one. Um, and she just probably heard me from across the room and rolled her eyes for sure. Are you using that card again? The Mexican yeah. card? Yeah, I definitely am. Um, speaking of Mexicans, uh, Cairo Santos has missed a kick for the Chicago Bears. No, <laughs> you guys like that transition? Cairo <laughs> Santos has. And that's really smooth. Has missed his first field goal for the Bears in two years. And the Bears have lost. The Bears suck. The Bears are the worst team I've... See, this is that week-to-week thing that we were talking about. The Bears win. It's all we're going to the Super Bowl. We got a chance. The Bears lose. Like, we're the worst team in the world. I don't see us getting out of this fucking hell. I really don't. I think think we got another, like, six years. (laughs) I I don't see the Bears, like... Even contending until twenty twenty six. Realistically, realistically, I don't see them contending for that long. I agree. I've always been a realist. Uh, my my friends are not the same. You know, they take any little piece and say, "Yep, we're, we've arrived. We've got it." I'm like, "No, guys, we don't got it." <laughs> and I'm with you. Maybe I, not that long. I, I would give it four years before we're contending. I've lost all hope because I was looking at the. Uh, Looking at the salary cap today or the other day was the trade deadline, and we didn't make any moves. The Bears didn't make any moves. Stupid. You have about twenty-five to thirty million dollars. No, way more than that. You have like fifty million dollars in, in cap space that's owed to our defensive players. Tell me what defensive player is going to be there when Justin Fields pops off, and is it ready to win at a quarterback uh, Super Bowl level? Tell me which one besides Jalen Johnson, right? Exactly. They're all 31, 32, 33 years old. Yeah, it's time to fucking trade them. I love Akeem Hicks. I love Khalil Mack. I love all these old guys. I don't love Eddie Jackson. Why aren't we trying to trade for him? I don't love all like Eddie Goldman. Why aren't we trying to trade for him? Allen Robinson, why aren't we trying to trade for him? Staley the Bear, why aren't we trying to trade for him? Right? It's all these guys I just don't I don't understand why we're not trying to trade for when we should be in some mode. And we have a general manager that is trying to buy. That that one blew my mind when he said we're trying to be aggressive and we're trying to look for key pieces. Bro, how high are you? What like do you guys not have TVs at Hallis Hall? Do you guys not know what's going on outside the world? Do you not have Madden? Like, do you not make have a Madden? trade. Make a trade. Like you just said. I mean, you have to make moves right now. And as optimistic as you can be as a Bears fan. You have to think about the future. Like there's, there's, if you don't, you're not trying to think about the future. You're naive. You're dumb. I don't even know. I don't even want to say the words you can be, but dude, you have to trade those pieces. You, you have to get rid of them. You have to build for the future. And I mean, you look at what the Rams are doing right now. 
And we, we talk about it all the time, Jeff. Look what Sean McVay is doing. Like, he's literally playing Madden with the league right now. Trading right. picks, you know, getting assets, building teams that can win right now. And then at the end of the day, I mean, if it doesn't work out, trade more picks, trade more assets. <laughs> and and I, the, I feel like the Bears were doing that to a degree initially, like when they got Khalil Mack, you know, they made it. Who knows? I was excited. I thought Mitch was about to get traded to the Redskins for a second when they were talking about oh, me that. Too. I was excited. I was excited for that, but they were making those types of moves to win like right now. But at that moment, they were, you know, they were being proactive to win right now. Now they have to be reactive, just like you were saying. They need to they need to react. They need to get rid of these players. They need to get, you know, picks back, whatever they can do to try to build for the future. Because Mikey, like you said, dude, Justin Fields is on this rookie contract. And I felt like he made strides last game. Last game, sure. in my opinion. 100%. That was the first time I saw Justin Fields actually look to run, you know, look to to make his legs a weapon where that's what you need to make defenses think about. You need to make defenses think about like, oh, man, if this dude's not going to throw to his first option, he's going to take off, you know, just right. open up the field that way. And he can settle <sighs> in and throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's real. I think uh, one of our buddies, Hicks, said it's just incompetence because why do we why do we not move Foles? There's a bunch of teams who need quarterbacks right now. He, we can get any draft pick for Nick Foles is great because he's just going to walk out the door, you know, next year. So why not Dude, get something for him? Makes no sense. Fucking Foles, Dalton, Dalton. Uh, Robinson. Everybody's going to walk out the door. Everyone's going to leave. So even if you're trading them for rentals, you can get a sixth round. I would have been happy I'll take if a you six. got Allen Robinson for a fifth and a sixth round pick because that's where this idiot Pace does most of his work, right? <laughs> that's great. So, like, Thanks. If and we know this, like we we hate it and we have hope, we have false hope as Bears fans that Pace is not going to be there next year. But guess what? He will be there next year because I don't know what voodoo magic he has on on George McCaskey, but it's working. It's working. The guy I read an article. They said, "Oh, uh, the McCaskies have grown fed up with the with the roster with uh, the team." Oh. Well, join the fucking club. I don't know where you guys have been for the past 36 years that we haven't won a championship. But every single year just has been regressing and regressing and regressing. We thought it couldn't get worse because we had Tressman, right? We had Mark Tressman. The Bears are 50, 55 and 56 since Lovey Smith has left, right? That's fucking crazy. That's insane. We fired Lovey Smith after a ten and six or a twelve and four season, after not making the playoffs, right? Because they started off six and zero, and then they tanked after his contract discussions fell through, right? That was the real reason. Nobody wants to talk about that. And I'm not saying Lovey Smith is the greatest coach of all time, and he would have been a perfect fit. But, dude, there are so many ways and so many times that we've screwed up and we've just fucked up as an organization that. How can I trust this organization to lead us into the future? How can I trust this ownership? And in the next three years, yeah, we got Justin Fields. Are they going to fuck up Justin Fields' career? You know, I'm not I'm not going to give them the same vote as Mitch Trubisky because Mitch Trubisky has way more flaws than Justin did. But right now, are they going to ruin the guy's career? I, I have no idea what's going on right now with the Bears. We're in fucking hell. We are in Bears or football hell. It's like watch. It's the Bulls from 2000, 
17 to 2020 or 19-20. It's hell. There's no getting out of it unless we fire or make a move. And I just don't see the Bears doing that anytime soon. Something's got to happen. Like uh, bringing up the Rams, Elliot, is great. They have a good team. So it's easy to make reckless moves when you, you have actual good players. But for the teams that have been bad for years, the Bears, the Browns, the Lions, the Jags, why don't you do something reckless? Right. What's going right. to change? Well, <laughs> let's talk about the Rams really quick, right? The Rams are probably the only team to recover from a Super Bowl hangover, right? They had that Super Bowl hangover in 2018, I want to say it was. Mm-hmm. And they found way – they had a shitty year afterwards, but they found a way to recover and come back on top. And they look like Super Bowl contenders, right? Whereas so you see the Falcons, they still have never recovered from that Super Bowl hangover. You see the Bears in, in 2005, six. They didn't recover. Broncos. You see the Chiefs right now. Yeah, Broncos. The Chiefs right now are going through that. I don't think the Chiefs are – they might not make the playoffs, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't see them prospering at all. I remember the, the Chargers were at plus 700 to win the division, and everyone called me crazy for putting it out. Why not? Why, you, why not? I mean, have you guys ever heard of a Super Bowl hangover? And here we are now. They barely beat the Giants. They are barely beating teams, and they're all shitty teams that they're barely beating. Chargers lost two in a row, though. Come on, that's respect. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, they lost to the the Patriots, and I think the Patriots are on the up right now. Mac Jones it looks like uh, he looks like the real deal. Bill Belichick yeah, also never lost to a rookie head coach before, too. So that was a big one. Right, right. And everybody forgets that. But, by the way, that Chargers head coach, he's a great head coach. He is. He's like, he he's really fucking good. It's kind of crazy. Um, we had Michael, as I mentioned before, we had Michael Quinn, who will be, will be dropping that interview on Monday. But he reminded me of the Sean McVay of hot dogs, right? He recapped. <laughs> Am I wrong? He no, not at all. Yeah, the wonder kid of hot dogs. 100%. Literally, he described every single, like, you know how Sean McVay, when they were like, so what happened here? And he was like, oh, well, analytically, you had 34 going left, and he didn't miss the guard, the right, like, just all descriptive. He was that way with hot dogs. I've never heard so much, someone talk so much and know so much about hot dogs, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of unhealthy, I would I don't want. He, I know he's not listening to this podcast. I know well, he'll actually. To his. His, well, actually, his hot dogs are healthy. So, I mean, in a sense, it's not unhealthy. It's very healthy. They add years to I, your life. He I'm going to sue. I'm going to sue the fuck out of him because for self false advertisement. <laughs> when I'm when I'm when I'm 76 on my deathbed, and I eat a hot dog from Feltman's, and it doesn't cure me for 10 extra years, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'll sue him. The doctor tells me I got three years left. I'm like, I'm going to Feltman's. I'm good. I'll be yeah, around. don't worry. Well, one and of the questions that doesn't pay off, we're fucked. Yeah, one of the questions I wanted to ask him too. I was gonna be like, Hey, do you want to sponsor a weight loss challenge, strictly hot dogs, with all three of us on the podcast? <laughs> we'll see no. who loses the most weight. I don't eat hot dogs, so <laughs> I'm out on that one. Yeah, you said you haven't ate a hot dog since junior high. That's a crime in itself. Junior That's high. a crime. Like, why reason. though? Like. Yeah, they, showed us, they showed us in junior high the video of how hot dogs are made. That, and then, like, I used to have to eat hot dogs, you know, whatever the family's eating that you got to eat. And then they came out with those hot dogs with cheese in it, and I didn't know what it was. I just took a bite. My aunt gave me a hot dog. I just ate the hot dog, took a bite. The cheese came out, and I was done. That was, like, the same weekend, I feel like. It was a wrap. 
Dude, and Mikey, like, you got to take that statement for granted because Jeff has eaten a lot of blacked out meals. The guy probably has no idea how many times he woke up surrounded by right. hot dog wrappers, <laughs> you know, just buns, things just like all over him. Just had no what idea what's going on. Yeah, when I black out, I make sure to leave the wrappers. So, no, there's never been hot dogs. I know everything you, I eat when I'm hungover. <laughs> have you taken a nap since Sunday? I feel no, like, I yeah, because uh, we did our shout out Sports Life pod. We did on Sunday, we did our picks where I did terrible. I went two and two, and that was like the worst. I wanted to throw up, but, um, dude, shout out that you were, you were gone and you didn't, you didn't fall asleep. No, didn't sleep. Didn't sleep that whole day. Pretty much slept two hours. The next day was going to go play basketball. Did I play basketball? Did we no, play you Monday? Did not. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. And it was funny because Dave probably was dreamed like, about it. I thought Jeff was going to play today. And I was like, he did not sleep yesterday. There was no <laughs> chance he was coming today. I think I played on Monday. Actually. You did not play on Monday. <laughs> Because I didn't want to play on Monday. The Cowboys Friday. won on Sunday night. Uh, Friday's canceled. Yeah. Why? From like the, the court canceled it. They got some event. Oh, that's lame. At six in the morning? What event is that? Yeah. They got to set, set up for an event for later in the day. I don't buy it. Scam. They artists. definitely won't be setting up at that time. So. Yeah. It's a scam. Whatever. Next time. We'll do it Monday. 100%. If I'm not smacked from Sunday night football. Yeah, maybe Wednesday. Um, Wednesday is always the go-to day. <laughs> a lot of drinking Monday. on Sundays. So, speaking of Sundays, let's talk about, I want to recap some of the, or not recap, I want to preview some of the games for Sunday. We have a division game. It is going to be the Browns versus Bengals. The Bengals are at home. I really like this game because you can't really, you can't really judge division games. And usually when the favorites are the home team it depends on the spread. Let's, if it's anything more than six and a half, you always take it. So you got the Bengals at minus two and a half, right? This is going to be a tricky game because you have Baker Mayfield, who's not healthy. You have the team that's in disarray, but you do have a good coach who knows how to keep everybody's morale and uh, composure together. This whole thing with OBJ, did you guys see that video that his dad put out? Yeah. <laughs> It was great. Or it was, or it was OBJ. No. By the way, no, no. His dad, his dad is like a ladies' man. I don't know if you guys looked at his Instagram, but he's always posing, always putting pictures out like he's like he's Odell Beckham Jr. So I just feel like he either was one doing this for attention, or two, his son literally was like, Hey dad, put this out and we'll try to get it going so I can force a trade out. He even had LeBron be like, Hey, free OBJ out of Cleveland. So it's gotta be very awkward. When you go back to work and you're not, you know, you're not traded. Uh, this morning, Kevin Stefanski literally said, you know, hey, he's not with the team anymore. What does that mean when you're actually on the team? And how can you go back? How can you even go back and, like, there's no trade deadline. So either you're, one, releasing him, or two, he's going to sit on the bench for, for the rest of the year with no, like, desire to play and... How do you how do you resolve this if you're a coach and you say yeah he's not on the team right now, so we're, you're basically dismissing your players uh, uh, one of your own and I feel like that that relationship is completely destroyed. I just don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, even around the league, you see you see Michael Thomas he's having issues with his team. Seeing Calvin Ridley having issues with the team doesn't want to play. And you mm-hmm. can hop into another sport. You could look at fucking. 
how it's been in the NBA. I think that's what NFL players are trying to do is trying to get that kind of uh, that power like James Harden has and uh, Ben Simmons tries to have is just, you know, hey, I want to go here. So either it's my way or the highway. And I don't think the NFL teams are budging. Yeah, Allen Robinson, there's another one too. I don't know why the Browns just didn't move Odell. It doesn't seem like a smart move by them. <laughs> you know, it's the writings on the wall. He's not producing for them. He hasn't been the last two years. And then all that stuff came out this weekend. Just get rid of him. Cause now he's just sitting on your bench for the rest of the year, maybe for free. I mean, you're paying him. So you're just losing at that point. Why not move him? Stupid right. move by the Browns. And a lot of people were saying, like, oh, why don't the Bears just trade Allen Robinson for OBJ straight up? They're both not happy. They're both not this, and it would be a good trade. But I don't want OBJ in my locker room, especially for Justin Fields as a, as a young guy like that, trying to build a team and trying to focus. You're going to bring in a guy who has his dad tweeting and putting out shit on Instagram and then this and that. Too much drama for the team. It's like that's what people said about bringing Cam Newton in for the Bears. You know what? I'm a Cam Newton fan, but – when you're trying to build and you already have a poisonous locker room, you don't want another poisonous player coming into the locker room. That's why they cut Cam from the Patriots because he was bullying fucking uh, Mac Jones and talking shit and like this and that and, and all that stuff. So you just, I feel like people just look at talent. They don't look at like the personality and the, the locker room issues that come into the, the aspect of the sport. Well, I think you said it before, Mikey. I mean, I'm speaking from an Odell Beckham Jr. fantasy owner in three separate leagues because Sorry I, believe that, his, I believe in his talent. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I saw what he did on the Giants with, in my opinion, not the best quarterback either. You know, I know Eli has two Super Bowl rings, but he was playing, in my opinion, you know, with not one of the top half quarterbacks in the NFL. And then he goes to Cleveland and – I in my in my opinion, I'm looking at this as almost like a Carmelo situation. Like they're almost like blackballing him from right. NFL teams right now. You know, they're not gonna trade him. You know, like you said, they're just they're just looking at this like a situation like we're not gonna give you all the power and just let you leave. So I can't wait to see what happens to Odell next year. You know, this year, when you look at it, you know, you look at some of those tapes and Whatever it was, Odell was his dad, and he put him out. He was open on a handful of plays. Baker missed him. There's a handful of plays that Baker also put it right on him, and you know he didn't make the catches. He didn't make the plays. Um, I'm actually very interested to see what happens next year when it comes to Odell's situation. How much he gets paid, where he ends up, because it to me it looks like similar to a Carmelo situation where people are just like, you know. This guy, he's a great offensive talent, but he's is he the best guy in the locker room? Is he the best player for our team? Is he going right. to make us better overall? And if he's not going to, he's not worth the money. He's not worth the trouble. He's not worth the problems. So I can't wait. The, I'll go the opposite way of you guys. I personally think Odell has – he's toned it down to be a part of the team. And his teammates say he's a great teammate. Mm-hmm. I I'm on record of always saying I think Baker Mayfield's trash. So I don't think he's a top 15 quarterback. I don't think no, he's definitely a top not. 17 definitely quarterback. Not. Definitely not. I agree. I agree only a thousand percent because 
You're not going the opposite side of us. Where he has toned it down, he definitely has toned it down from when he was on the Giants, right? Yeah, from the far, Browns yeah. to the Giants. And I do agree that Eli Manning is not what he used to be in 2010. Even when he was in 2010 and all that shit, he still wasn't the greatest. Like, he was just an average quarterback, okay? Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, I don't think he's a good quarterback at all. I think he's a mediocre quarterback at best. But I don't give a fuck, bro. Like, when you're on a team, you can't be talking shit to, like, another – like, I, and have your dad do it. Be a man. Do it yourself. Yeah. I don't know. You don't, don't, don't call your daddy to go fucking – Hey, Dad, could you go post this stuff on Instagram? Because if not, I'll get fined. Be a man. It's your money. It's your, what you want to do. Go ahead and fucking do it. Tell Baker Mayfield he sucks. Like, I don't know. That's just my I, – I don't like the way that he did it. That's but, that's what I'm pissed at. But the media will get him because he did that to Eli, and they called him a cancer. So, I mean, yeah. I don't like the dad stuff either. But, I mean, when he you talk your shit, they say, well, you're the problem. You're supposed to fall in line with the quarterback. He got yeah. one target last game. He got two the game before. I don't think his talent's completely gone. So at least throw him the ball. How old is he? Is he 29 right now? Right? 29? He's still young. He's a younger guy. He's still so got yeah, he definitely juice. needs to get the ball targeted to him. But I, maybe there's just not that connection with him and fucking yeah. Baker. Just like Justin Fields and Allen Robinson. Maybe that connection just isn't there. Right? I, I don't think they have a connection. He's only 28. That, 28. He's only 28. He's got – dude, AP just got signed – He's 36 years old. Shout out to the best running back that I've ever seen in my life. In my lifetime, it's been Adrian Peterson. I Best, bro. I, I don't care what anybody says. Sorry. Damian Tomlinson is up there, but Adrian Marshall Peterson Falk. did. Sh- oh, no, 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 no. Marshall Falk is a G. Like, he's he's great. But Adrian Peterson, dude, he did it different. He was the first guy I've ever bought a – um another jersey from in my our division you know in the nfc north i would never i would always said i would never buy it but i bought adrian peterson's jersey because he was that fucking good i've never seen it in my life guy put up two thousand yards after tearing his acl and one mvp derrick rose could never that's when i thought he was the best after that year that year came close to breaking the record after that surgery amazing i mean he definitely took some shit like there's no way that you come back from that naturally right um my favorite story, uh, do you guys remember Ray Lewis when he broke his, like, shoulder right yep. before the Super Bowl? And yep. they, he put, like, he got in trouble for putting, like, deer. It, it's what you use to harden the deer bones. Deer uh, yeah, it was deer antler spray. What you put on them after you kill them to make it, like, permanent. You put that in his shoulders. Like, of course you're going to come back and be amazing. Kobe, he went to Europe to get his fucking leg repaired in some weird kind of way. So, of course, it's, it might not be the most legal way, but at least he's got the the heart of a lion to do it, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So Marshall Falk, I, I want to say he's the first running back to rush for 1,000 yards and receive for 1,000 yards. The guy was before his time. Probably. Love the man. Can't even tell you how many people come up to me and they say, "Dude, I thought you were a Rams fan." Just because I had so many Marshall Falk jerseys, I would wear. Still a Cowboys fan, but Marshall Falk, my opinion, best running back of all time. So, like I said, I've said this on the podcast before. I've uh, I've compared speaking of Cowboys, I've compared Ezekiel Elliott to my favorite running back, which is Walter Payton. I've never got to see the guy play because obviously I'm not that old, but I've. I fucking love Ezekiel Elliott, bro. I think he's 
I mean, this year is not his best year, but I think he's one of the greatest running backs you'll ever see run to players, run at players. He doesn't look to like defer away from the, the, the opponents. He looks, he sees you and he'll fucking run right through you. You know what I'm saying? He I falls. love the way he runs. He's got great pad level and his track form of running is, yeah, falls I'm forward. a fan of Zeke. Yeah. Right. He falls forward. That's the one thing, uh, uh, Mike Tomlin always said, Mike Tomlin, probably one of the greatest coaches in NFL history, in my opinion. Uh, when he grades running backs coming out of college, he looks at running backs that move the pile forward. They don't, they, they give out hits. They don't absorb hits. Um, so I, I'll never forget it. Jeff, who was that running back that the Browns drafted? He was an Alabama guy, had dreadlocks. Uh, Mikey, do you remember this guy? He was out of the league. The Browns, uh, Harrison? No, 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 no. Uh, Trent, Trent yeah. Richardson. Oh, yes. Trent Richardson. <laughs> Trent Richardson. Yeah, there you go. So I'll never forget. I heard Ryan Clark tell this story about when uh, the Browns drafted Trent Richardson, and uh, he went up and he told Mike Tom, he's like, "Man, did you see who the Browns drafted?" He was like, "That guy's garbage." And he was like, "What do you mean? You see him just running over people in college and blah blah blah." He's like, "Watch the tape." He's like, "He's running over little boys." He's like, "You bring him in this league." He's like, he's going to get pushed back. He's not going to fall forward. And I thought that was like one of the coolest things ever because J-Mo, I don't remember what. Oh, yeah, he was gone in three years. I remember Souter worked for the Browns at the time. So we got a buddy right now. He works for the Seattle Kraken. Um, he worked for the Seattle Browns at the time. And when they made the trade or when they like announced that it was going to happen, you know, we asked him, we're like, dude, what the hell's going on? And he's like, guys, you'll see. You'll see what's, you'll see why they're trading him. You'll see what's going to happen. And sure enough, I mean, you looked at him after that, he was done. Literally garbage. three years in the league, garbage. And that's the difference between an NFL running back and a college running back is can you push grown-ass men forward? Can you go for that extra yard? Are you just going to mm-hmm. exor- absorb hits? Everything's I remember that. in the NFL. So you have to be exactly. able to lower your shoulder and take the three yards, the two yep. yards. You have to be. That's how it goes. And I remember they traded him to the Colts. I traded him to the Colts, and it was crazy because that was the year that Andrew Luck went number one, and Robert Griffin went number two, and then it was number three, Trent Richardson. So it was like, oh, the Colts now have the number one and number three draft pick from this and that. And I was like, it's not, not even that cool, bro, because both of them have a short-lived career. I loved Andrew Luck, but, I mean, the guy retired at, what, 30 years old? Yes. He retired not even during a, a Bears a Bears preseason game against them. He retired. It's just like, what are you doing? But what do I know? Uh, so uh, I think it's a perfect time to transition into the Mikey bets of the week. Are you guys down for some bets of the week? Let's do it. Uh, let's preview Week Nine for the NFL. We talked Browns Bengals. I do like the Bengals in this game. Think the Bengals are gonna? I'm gonna take Bengals money line, even minus two and a half. I might sprinkle it on. They're at home. This is a uh, Ohio game, and the Battle of Ohio always is rough. It's always going to be a low-scoring game and a very defensive game. You have Miles Garrett and uh, Clowney on one side, and then you have the Bengals, who have the second best defense in the league right now, especially with their corners. Eli Apple is going off, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals. And then we'll move on to this slate. I want to get your opinion, Elliot. We have Broncos at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a 10-point favorite. Teddy Bridgewater is playing. 
the Cowboys defense isn't the worst, but it's not the best. So I just don't understand how they're 10-point favorites. You don't give any team in the NFL 10 points. But then again, the Broncos, they're not that good, but they're 4-4, four and four, so they're finding ways to win. Elliot, what are your thoughts on that? Because I see you smirking already. Dude, because I've been staying negative the whole year. And when you look Six at that one. game, when you look at that game, and you think Dak's coming back. So they already said he's a full participant in practice. Mm-hmm. Dak is coming back. Um, so you know that offense is going to look good because it looked good under Cooper Rush. I mean, 325 yards, two touchdowns from, you know, Cooper Rush. I think it was his first start in the NFL. Um, you know they're going to put up more than 20 points against a Broncos team that, you know, they're not lighting the, the world on fire on offense. But at the same time, you have to look at that Cowboys defense, which, I mean, I'm, I want to stay negative, but people were flying around the ball. The Vikings are no joke. I mean, look what the Vikings have done in the NFL this year. And they got Kirk Cousins. They got Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. Adam Thielen, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Probably one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. Justin Jefferson. Probably the most underrated wide receiver coming out of that draft class, in my opinion. I thought that was for the biggest steal of that draft class. I mean, I think the Cowboys are going to cover this. If Dak is playing, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is actually supposed to be back. So they're going to get some help on the D-line. I don't know. I mean, the you know, I'm trying to be negative here. So I'm going to say Broncos are going to cover. Whatever, but... I might also throw the Cowboys in a parlay, minus nine. Might take them straight up, minus uh, nine. We'll see what happens. I feel like you've always been throwing the Cowboys in a parlay. And, I mean, always. it's probably been working off because they're six and one, right? Against the spread. I mean, Philly Godfather said it last week. He said that uh, he's taking the Vikings last week because it's very difficult for a team to outperform the market week after week. But when you look at a spread like this, you look at the team like the Broncos, I think this is very realistic for them to continue this and cover every single week of this season. So we are going to go ride with Dallas minus 10. I think I'm going to buy two and a half points. I'm going to do uh, Dallas minus seven and a half. I'll stick with that. Uh, Jeff, what's your, what's your take on that? Uh, I'm going against Dallas all the way. So, I mean, (laughs) all the way They're uh, the Broncos. No, I'm with Elliot. I'd like to disagree with Elliot, but I'm going to go with Elliot with this one. Dude, that was like literally 0.8 seconds and changing your mind on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was trying to find a reason for the, to hate on Elliot and the Cowboys versus the Broncos, but there just really isn't one. That was me against uh, Benny the Benny the Bet the other day uh, when I lost the bet against the Eagles. Uh, I just I had no reason to. I had no <laughs> like there was no logic behind it. I just wanted to go against him. So exactly. I was like, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm going to go against him. <laughs> that worked out for you, though. No, it didn't. It didn't work out for me. That's the one I went three and one, but I fucking, the only bet I lost was the Eagles because the Raiders oh, beat the one? Eagles. Oh, man. So he's, he's probably smirking cheek to cheek that day. Let's see. So the next slate we got this one, Frank the Tank is going to. Shout out Frank the Tank. I feel like he's got like five shout outs this interview or this podcast, uh, especially the one with uh, Michael Quinn. But we got Texans at Miami. Uh, Miami's at six or six and a half point favorites. My, they're both one and seven. 
Both had the same record, which is crazy. I didn't think the Dolphins were that bad. They held their own against the uh, the Bills. But my thing is with the Dolphins is they play to their competition. And the Texans, they have a lot of veteran players on their defense, so they're not going to take a loss easily, right? But if you're giving the home team six and a half points, they just got to win by a touchdown. I think that Tua is the better quarterback. As long as David Mills is playing, I'm going to go ahead and hammer six and a half as a favorite on the Dolphins. But if Tyrod Taylor is playing, I am going to take the <coughs> Miami Dolphins or the Texans plus six and a half. Oh, yeah, I mean, to Rod, I mean, he's no joke. He's he's a, a real NFL quarterback. Yeah. Um, are, but, you, are you saying Tua is not? Well, no, I'm, I'm saying Davis Mills is not. <laughs> Um, but he is look, not. He sucks, bro. Oh my god. Yeah, but when you look at the Dolphins last week against the Bills, like when when you think of the Dolphins, in my opinion, in the last two years under Brian Flores, you think of a defensive football team, and you thought mm-hmm. they finally showed up last week. You know when when you saw that first half against the Bills, but then you know the Bills took off. They covered at the end of the second half against the Texans. I think that they're going to show up again. I mean, I, that's a lot of points. Um, Terod is obviously going to make a difference. Miami is a tough place to play. So that one, I, I'm actually going to stay away from that one. Um, Mikey, you said you're going Texans? You? Uh, yeah, no, I'm going Texans plus six and a half as long as Tyrod Taylor's playing. If he's not, then I'm taking Dolphins minus six and a half. Okay. Yeah, and I'd be right there with dude. If if Terod's not playing, I'm taking the Dolphins all day long. If he is, I'm staying away from it just because he, like I said, he's a player, and you never know what you're going to get from that Dolphins team. Right, Jeff. It's an ugly game. Very ugly game. But yeah, with with Davis Mills playing, if he plays, I'm definitely going to go with the Dolphins. The Dolphins have playmakers. They have people who could play football very well. The Texans, I don't see it. So they're just. They're just a bad team. So I w- I'm going to take the Dolphins negative six and a half. What's crazy to me is they literally have Deshaun Watson on the bench, right? They, they got right. Deshaun Watson on the bench, and and that's a whole sticky situation within itself. Uh, eesh, I don't even want to talk about and that And Tua's got to come out with some pride. He's a second-year player, and all you've heard for the last year is, should we trade you for Deshaun Watson? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Go out and make a show. Put on a show. Tomorrow. The guy, the guy right. who likes handies. The guy who likes handies. Should we trade you for the guy who likes handies? Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with it, but, like, you know, my favorite thing about that whole situation is, like, all the details came out, and I was like, yeah, you know, like, he flew me out, and then, like, you know, he made me give him this and, like, give him head, give him a hand job, and, like, fingers in the ass and all that shit. My favorite part of that, he goes, yeah, that happened. But it was all consensual. Yeah. So like that was the best part of it all. He's like, yeah, yeah. So what? Like, no, no, it's it's cool. Like it all happened because she came back three, four times. Right. Exactly. So uh, to me, like you look at this case, and uh, if you look at from like a lawyer's perspective, obviously you look at me. You know, I'm a lawyer. (laughs) I think that he's he'll get he'll this case will get dropped. And and there's certain cases like you look at the Bill Cosby. Uh, case. Yeah, okay, two, three girls. Okay, it's kind of believable. Then you have like 22 people coming out, 26 people. And it's like, all right, are you guys you guys just hopping on the wagon now? But, right. you know, 
I might get canceled for saying that. I don't know, but we'll we'll see how it goes when we drop this thing. Yeah, I'm staying away uh, from that one. I'm going to go to my lock of the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Elliot's got a family. <laughs> those guys might get those guys. You know, one of them's locked up. The other one might get locked up. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I I already you know I share my opinions on Deshaun too. That's I'm, well, I'm interested to see how that comes out before before you get to your lock of the week. The the lock of the week I want to talk about is. Uh, uh, Henry Ruggs, he's the lock of the week. He's the lock of the three oh, to five no. years. No, longer than that. More than Dude, that. that. That that's a terrible. That's a terrible situation, man. I mean, that's, that's awful. That's something. Where, to the the young lady who passed. Yeah, that. that's yeah. something where like, dude, you got money. Be smart. Don't drink. Don't drive. Don't put other people's lives in risk. Right. I mean, that's just terrible from top to bottom. Um, and it's unfortunate that you know. You, somebody tweeted that out earlier that, you know, right now, uh, you know, they're talking about Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated. Yeah. Where, you know, Henry Ruggs ruined people's killed lives. a person and a dog. Not to mention, he killed a dog as well. A dog and a female, di- a woman died. And it's, he was going 156 miles an hour. The alcohol limit was twice the limit. I just don't understand. It's uh, what a waste of a career. What a waste. Of, and then you got people. Do you see what Derek Carr's brother tweeted? David Carr. No. He said, oh, well, this will make uh, this will make Derek's MVP season even better, like even more like like valuable. And it's like, bro, so many people missing the point, <laughs> missing the I'm, point. People have top. died, bro. No one cares about. the Yeah. MVP. Yeah. yeah. Like. Chill out for like just two minutes. You don't need it. It's not always about your brother, right? So yeah. uh, that situation was just awful. I did have to bring it up, uh, try to bring it up in a lighthearted way, but it's kind of hard to when it's such a serious topic. Um, so thoughts and prayers go out to that family. Uh, and, you know, it's just awful to lose. Just terrible, 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 terrible. But um, yeah, I guess that's. In some people's mind, that's the worst thing that happened in the NFL this week. In other people's mind, the worst thing that happened was Aaron Rodgers lied about his vaccination. So, uh, you know, two different perspectives. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers should go to jail, too, though, for, you know, lying. And he should be in jail forever. And the Bears could finally have a chance. No, then all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins is going to become amazing. So, it no, won't even be the Bears no, no, up next. That. <laughs> Derek. Uh, Kirk Cousins is never going to become amazing. We saw that Monday Night Football. Anytime that he's on a Monday Night Football game, he's fucking trash. I was going to say, am I wrong or am I right? That's primetime Kirk. So, like, that was par for the course for Kirk. He was in primetime. He was not going to deliver. Doesn't matter if you're home or away. This is what it is. All right, Elliot, let's get to your lock of the week. I want to hear your lock of the week. My lock of the week, and do not take this. I'm going to give myself first overall pick on Sunday, and I'm going to take it at this total. Chargers, Eagles, over 50. Chargers just underperforming after a bye week. Going to come out hot. Eagles just cannot be stopped. Jalen Hurts, probably greatest fantasy quarterback of all time. Guy can't can't win games, although he did last week. But he's going to put up stats. He's going to run the ball. He's going to throw it. Um, that thing's going over 50, 110%. I'm betting the bank on it. Bet the bank on it. All right. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, so I will be taking that one Sunday when we do uh sports life pod and I'll pick that one for sure. <laughs> also, why don't I ever get the number one pick in that one? I got it one week. 
I literally got it the first week. All right, you'll get, it, you'll get it, it this week. We'll give it to you. It doesn't matter week. what pick I get, so. No, I just can't. I don't, I don't even want the first because I like that snag on the fourth pick. I already know your method. I know, dude, that's the best. The back-to-back picks are always the best. Yeah. Now you um, just ruined it. I'm giving you first pick, so you'll get the back-to-back on the, the come around. I'll <laughs> give you one for, for this week. I'll probably take something about it Sunday, too, but Steelers-Bears are, are playing uh, this week. Yeah, the Mannings are taking that one off, too. They don't even want to fucking record that game. Yeah, so I'm definitely taking the under on 39 and a half there because uh, both of these are bottom three offensive teams in the league, points per game. So they're both averaging under 20 points a game um, and two of the better defenses. So Justin Fields might have a nightmare with my boy TJ Watt. Um, and both these quarterbacks just don't throw touchdowns. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So 39 and a half, I, I think that's kind of high for this game. Um, for me, I'm going to go ahead. My lock of the week is going to be Cardinals minus one uh, against the 49ers. The 49ers are in shambles right now. I don't even know how the yeah, – yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it's like, what is Vegas thinking? Maybe this is a trap game that I don't know about, but I just – Kyler Murray's on fire. He's a stud. Yeah, they lost their game against the Packers, but what are you going to do? Uh, sure, the 49ers are at home, and they just beat the Bears away. But that's not saying much, especially when you're no. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. So my lock of the week is going to be Cardinals minus one. Real quick, I just I put a parlay in. I took Bills minus thirteen, Cardinals minus that one and a half. I should have bought it down, but I didn't. Cowboys bought it down to minus six and a half. Ravens money line, Colts money line, and over in that Eagles game. I don't know how that loses. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know how that loses. I think the Eagles game is going to get you. You think so? I think so. That Eagles game. Uh, Side bet a wing on that, Jeff? Over 50? Bet. Bet. <laughs> I'm eating 40 on t- Thursday anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I want to talk about that as well. Let me just finish one more lock of the week I had. Um, and then. I want to talk about our wing challenge that we're going to be doing and uh, putting out soon. So I also like that Titans Rams game. Okay. Titans Rams. I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams minus seven and a half. I don't know how they're only getting seven and a half points when uh, they're at home and Derrick Henry is out. Right. Uh, Sure. You got Adrian Peterson. Guy's an old man. He's 36 years old. He is nowhere in any shape close to Derrick Henry. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams minus seven and a half in that one. Now, we got to talk about some wings that we're going to be eating this week. This week we have – do you have the stats for how many – who's eating what and all that stuff? We got them somewhere. I know somewhere. Jeff. Uh, we got them in, in the notebook. Uh, we, okay. We got our stat guy, Benny, uh, on the Sports Life podcast. He's got the stats out there. So, no, Jeff owes a handful. I'm Mikey, five. I, think- I owe at least five. Mikey, I think you're clean, but you said you're going to do at least one to get down with the get down. I, yeah, owe, I can't. I can't be a bitch. I need. I need to have at least one just to see what it's all about. Yeah, I owe these guys make these things up about me. I don't know what's going on with. That. I got a lot <laughs> so of numbers probably, on my computer. I'm probably going to do at least three, and then yeah, Benny owes some. Hicks owes some. Uh, I think Benny the Bet might join us too. If Benny the Bet owes like three, I can't wait to see his pretty ass try to throw down a few. He's going to be sweating like crazy. 
So where where did you guys find Benny the Vet? Did you guys like meet him or is he like a childhood friend? Like where did this guy come from? So one of uh, our buddies, he works with a guy, he hired him and he just happened to bring up like, oh yeah, one of my, one of my buddies is, uh, you know, he, he's starting to do the gambling thing on Instagram. Yeah. And he knows that we had a podcast and said, Hey, you know, this guy's doing this. Do you want to talk to him? And I was just like, yeah, absolutely. Let's bring him on. You know, real yeah. nice kid. Started talking to him. Um, he's actually a basketball player. So he played at Illinois Wesleyan. Um, wow. Probably going to have him out here to come play with us one of these days. But yeah, I mean, not a great record so far. I can't wait to see him eat the wings because it's going to be hilarious because these are no joke. And yeah. I mean, it's I really don't think time. I owe that many because I, I I didn't take last every week. Benny the Bet no, last. You had a no you call, had no show. No that's at least two. That's two. Okay. Well, Benny, I got the sauce too. Elliot, I beat you on the World Series bet, so that's four for you at least. Add that one to your. That's total. a lie. We did not. We did not bet wings on those. <laughs> we'll go back to the tape on it. I'm gonna grab the sauce real quick. That's what yeah, let's see the sauce. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. So we're gonna do that tomorrow. It's uh, at this bar. Shout out T Woods. Uh, Wooddale. Nice local bar in Wooddale, Illinois. You guys can not catch us there because we won't be there. We'll record it and then we'll post it later because that's how cool we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be posting that play later. One more thing I wanted to talk about before we left the uh, – we closed the show and we have – I think we're going to throw Michael Quinn on this interview since it was a short one today. We'll throw Michael on this podcast and he's going to be talking all about hot dogs. But I do want to get into this Scotty Pippen situation. Real quick, real quick, actually, time out. Elliot is here showing us this is the Hot Ones, right? It's called the Hot Ones, Elliot? Yeah, the last dab. Hottest hot sauce on the Hot Ones. Fin tuning, throw this out there. Side promo for, for the episode you know, next week. Absolutely. I'm going to have to do that. Um, all right. So we're going to, yeah, everyone's going to be hurting. It's going to be hurting going in and going out. So, uh Best of luck to everybody here doing that, and it's just going to be awful. But like I said, the last thing I want to talk about before we get off the show is this whole Scottie Pippen situation with the Bulls. Scottie Pippen is hurt. Somebody needs to give him a hug. There's stuff going on with him that we don't know about. And um, I just feel like he's very jealous. He's like the jealous brother of Michael Jordan. Like everything that Michael Jordan – well, he wasn't that good. You know, he, he didn't do this, or blah, 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 this and that. So I think this is all just a publicity stunt for him to sell his items and his whiskey and all his new stuff that he's got coming out. But to me, it really does sound like he's butt hurt and he does need a hug. This is coming from a 26-year-old kid who never really got to appreciate Scottie Pippen. So, Jeff, I want to hear your take on it because you're a little bit older than me and you got to watch Scottie Pippen play and uh, be all that. So maybe your perspective is a little bit different. Well, Scotty, I mean, Michael's, at least people my age, he's, he's everyone's favorite player. So he doesn't really count. Scotty was always right. like my favorite player, you know, number two. Um, right. Just the way he played defense, that was, that was something to me. Um, and it was like a, a brotherhood. But now you get in the social media age and everybody's got to put in their two cents. Scotty's just, every year he's saying something about Michael. I don't know why, you know, together. They he have, loves him. He hates him at the same time. You had the best years of your life, I would think, together. You did it together. Michael acknowledges you did it together. You know, he says you're the best teammate ever. You're you're a top 50 player all time, voted by the NBA players and, you know, media. 
what are you upset about? I know the documentary was, it, it put Mike in a better light than everyone else, I guess, but is he not? He's Michael Jordan. Is so. he not? Like, that's my thing. And that whole conversation that he had with, that he, uh, sorry, that's my dog right now. Uh, here, shout out to my dog. Shout out to phone really quick. What's up, buddy? Say hi to the listeners. They can't even see it, but say hi to Jeff and Elliot. Michael Jordan, I think Scotty's jealous because he's got a couple million in the bank, right? Or he's got a couple Billy in the bank, right? And Scotty, he never was good with his money. He never was good at handling stuff. He wasn't the best businessman. Even his contract, like it was just a shitty contract. That so I feel like that's always going to be something that he's jealous of. And um, that phone conversation with John Paxson, did you guys see that one? Where he was like, uh, John Paxson was crying on the phone, and Scotty Pippen just let him. Scotty Pippen just let him cry because uh, John Paxson was like. Hey, Scotty, I thought what the Bulls did to you was so unfair for the last years when you left. And Scotty was like, I don't give a fuck what you say because you were in the front office for this long and didn't didn't help me out. And then John Paxson was crying like, bro, what's going on in this league? I, I just don't understand. It. I feel like Scotty's just airing out too much dirty laundry. And it's just like, dude, shut up. No, nobody really cares. I think it's just a publicity stunt to sell all his new whiskey, which is not even that good. I've had it and it's... Right. It's and really not book, that good. It's, it's just bitterness. His book, too. So how do you get ratings? You mentioned Jordan and LeBron. So he, he mixes those up. Right. He's doing he's, he's doing, doing what the, the NBA. And yeah, exactly. And you're you're doing this as the Bulls ambassador, right? To be the Bulls ambassador. You're getting a paycheck for literally just saying go Bulls, right? <laughs> yeah. That finally job away from him. They gave that job to the one and only Joe Noah and Horace Grant. So that's good, but... Uh, I, I heard on the radio, some guy was like, we should get rid of his number and take it out of the rafters. And it's like, bro, you're not going to do that. That's that's a little goofy, you know, like, but the guy needs to, he needs like a reality check. I just think Scotty needs a hug. Scotty definitely needs a hug. Elliot, what are your thoughts on Scotty? No, I, I mean, I agree with Jeff because, you know, when you, when you look at like the history of it, I mean, I just think about like things that I was happy about back in my day. Like I'm right. happy for everybody, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to hate on anybody or try to, especially like the leader, you know, there's no right. way to look back on those times and those games and say, like there were certain games that he was the guy, you know, he made plays and they couldn't have done it without him, but there's no chance they could have done anything without MJ. Right. right, exactly. Scotty Scotty was a very nice piece. I mean, he was one of the greatest pieces, probably a top fifty player of all time. But he is Michael a top Jordan fifty player is, of all time. You, uh, no, like rated. I'm not. I'm. This isn't my opinion. This is the list this, that came out in '96. This is the, yeah, this is the the list. Yeah, that but the new out. list. He's top 50. The the new list that came out in 2021 does not have him in the top fifty. Oh no! I think they rank them. They don't rank the picks. No. Uh, wasn't it the top seventy-five players? Yeah, he's in there. But they didn't rank him. They didn't. Yeah, rank they don't him. rank the the players. No, they just have. Oh, a that's goofy. Okay, so yeah, he is top stupid. seventy-five player. Okay, he is a top seventy-five. So maybe he's a top fifty still. Yeah, yeah. and when you look at oh, earnings, yeah, number one. That was funny. Mikey's freezing right now. Jamal, are you smooth? 
I'm smooth, but I was trying to. Mikey was freezing. Yeah, I know Mikey me. had me feel like the Matrix thing. He's uh, no. sorry. <laughs> He's back. That's my shitty ass Wi-Fi over here. But that's the one thing. So that's the one interesting thing. I, they brought it up in ESPN today when they were talking about that, where Scotty actually out earned MJ in mm-hmm. NBA contracts. Scotty made mm-hmm. like a hundred and three million. MJ only made like ninety seven. Well, so, they gave him a $98 million contract in 99. So what are you bit or at 97 or something like that for this last year? Dude, I think it's all just just being old and looking at this social media stuff like Jeff was saying. Because uh, there's no other reason why you could be upset about anything, you know? Like, you have to look back on those times and understand. You got to know your role, you know? Right. He, he was one of the greatest players of all time. Everybody knows him as one of the greatest players of all time. Right. It just is what it is, man. You played against, you played next Deal with it, bro. Yeah. The greatest player of all time. You have to be thankful for those, those moments, those times, those opportunities. Uh, I honestly, in my opinion, I hope that, you know, six months ago, a year ago, whenever all this was coming out, Scotty just like went up to MJ and was just like, Hey dude, I'm about to do all this shit. I'm about to say <laughs> all these things and they're going to make yeah, it look right. like you and I are, are, you know, we're, we're, I'm getting after you and I don't like you, but I'm doing it to make some money. And I hope MJ is like the businessman. This is like me, you know, being positive about this, hoping this happened. And MJ just being like, yeah, man, that's cool. Just say whatever you got to say. Let's all make some money. We'll do whatever we got to do. And then we'll go out. We'll, you know, we'll go on vacation somewhere and have some fun. That's definitely Elliot, something I would do. Bite the bullet. You the are team. the, you're the most level headed person I've ever met when it comes to sports, but that has to be one of the coldest, craziest takes I've ever heard in my life where they are just planning secretly to just make money off. You might be right. You might be right. I'm probably wrong again. Right. But I don't know that that just sounds a little bit too far off. I mean, I, I, I think that Scotty Pippen is shot. I hope it's true too. I hope that they're literally just trying to make money and like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, you pretend to hate me. This is Degeneration X. And yeah, like, you know, like this is a great WWE skit. But I I just think that Scotty's lost. I think he's shot, especially after that fucking, you know what? I don't want to fuck my summer up. Like, what what are you talking about, bro? So that's that's uh my take on Scotty. But I, I love your hopefulness, I love your positivity. It just you stay so level-headed when it comes to bears, cowboys. Everything else, but when it comes to Scotty and Michael, it's not nah, enough. They're, they're boys. They're planning something on us. The one thing that makes me not agree with that, though. So, like, in my mind, that's how I would like to see it go. When I heard yeah. Charles Oakley's uh, interview on Pardon My Take about him and MJ's relationship, where he's just like, no, nah, man. Yeah, MJ's my boy. He says something to me. I'll hit him. I don't care. <laughs> he's just like, right. it doesn't matter. Like, it, you know, me and MJ, we're, we're just boys. Like, it just is what it is. So, right. yeah, in, in my mind, I hope that's the way it is. It's probably not. But, you know, I just, Scotty's got to be appreciative for the opportunities that were given to him for playing alongside somebody like that. So I, I honestly feel bad for him if he's honestly that bitter and that's the way he thinks about things. He, he just has to have a better outlook on life. what it is. It is what it is, yeah. So shout out to Scotty. Hopefully he gets better. 
So back with it all being said and done, we uh, let's wrap it up with our shit shows of the week. Uh, let's start it off with Jeff. What is your shit show of the week? And Jeff froze. <laughs> I was going to say, the whole time Mikey's over here freezing. <laughs> right we get to Jeff. This one you and get now to take a time right, right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take this screenshot really quick. All right. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, Elliot, let's start off with Elliot. What is your shit show of the week? So, dude, mine is just being old because I'm not used to going out these days. Halloween weekend, we had all the kids out. You know, we were uh, in Bartlett. They have the whole, like, I don't even know, downtown Bartlett area closed off. Halloween, trick-or-treating. Go to one bar with everybody. Open up a tab. Just walk away. You know, left one credit card there. Go to the next bar. Open up a tab. Leave the next credit card there. Didn't even think about it. You know, third bar, go there, leave a credit card there, open up a tab, just went home because I'm just old. You know, I'm just, I'm worried about the kids, not worried about right. anything. By the time we were going home, it was nap time. Just threw them all in the car, left, went home, literally left all of my credit cards in this one, uh, <laughs> you know, downtown Bartlett area. I'm Jeez. sitting around having to pay with my cell phone with Apple Pay for everything. So, Shit show of the week. I'm giving it to myself again, just being a, a terrible adult trying to be a parent. I think we're in the same boat here. My shit show of the week is the literally the exact same thing. I went out to a bar crawl downtown, and uh, it was a bar crawl, right? So you're supposed to get $5 drinks, $5 this, $5 shot. So we're ordering. We're fucking getting shot at the bar, blah, blah, blah. This comes out. Total is like $288. I'm looking at the bill. I'm like, oh, that's not right. I was like, yo, we have our bar crawl tickets, this and that. So this should be about like, you know, 90 bucks max, maybe $100. And they're like, oh, sorry. The person who represents that closed early. So it's from, it's not from six to eight. It's from six to seven, something stupid. And so technically or whatever the whole situation was, but it didn't count. The thing that I bought wasn't like, wasn't credited. So I had to pay like a $250 bar tab off some bullshit. And you know, in Chicago, $250 is probably like eight or nine drinks, which is not a lot, but it's just the fact that it's in Chicago. So that's my shit show of the week. It was, it's fucking terrible. And the Bears lost. So on top of that, I had to wake up and watch the Bears lose. So those are my shit shows of the week. Dude, you're going to have a rough time being an adult, Mikey. <laughs> you went to well, the bar and bought, nine, and bought nine drinks and then went home and the Bears lost? <laughs> that's a bad, oh, that's going to happen a lot in the near future. Yeah, okay, it's going to happen. I, that's not the first time I've done that, but like the fact that I had to pay $250 for it was fucking, you know, that's that's my thing. It's like, bro, if I'm out here in Bartlett, if I'm out here in fucking Hanover or Elk Grove or in the northwest suburbs, the bill is not going to be that high ever, is it? No, That's right? Gonna... Yeah, you're right. You, you said shit show on you. You're right. <laughs> shit, show, shit show on me for sure. That, that's all on me. <laughs> hey, I got the wings. I got the wings. Don't worry. I'll get the wings. Oh, yeah. Well, T was – all right. So I'm excited for T was. I, I, it's going to be my first time trying it. Um and you said one of your buddies owns the bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking cool. And I, you know what? When you were talking about, like, your buddy owns a bar, I was thinking, like, Woody's in Wooddale. Have you ever seen Woody's? It's like a I live right place. down the street from Woody's. So, oh, there he is. Fucking popped out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, dude, you froze. And, and 
we were talking like i literally like shouted you out i was like all right jeff talk about your shit show of the week and you froze i got a screenshot of internet went out so my bad no it's eh, don't let it happen again so um (laughs) (laughs) that was my shit show of the week what is your shit show of the week elliot oh or not elliot uh jeff but i didn't finish because i have add T Woods is fire. It's huge. I, I drove past it the other day and I was like, dude, this fucking bar is huge. Oh my God. So I can't wait. I'm excited. Now, Jeff, what is your shit show of the week? We're going to take a lot of Jaeger bombs Sunday so or Thursday, tomorrow. So be ready for that. Thursday, yesterday, because our podcast released Friday. So <laughs> yesterday, shout out. We will be hungover when this podcast drops. Exactly. Uh, shit show of the week. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have one this week. I'm not going to nominate myself. Although I didn't sleep nice. and I drank, I, I was, I was on, I was all good. Um, I guess I'll go to one of my buddies. I won't drop his name, but, uh, this is going back to a college story and it all comes together. He just got engaged himself this weekend, but nice. he had a former girlfriend before this, his last long-term girlfriend. Um, and she ended up cheating on him with his roommate. This is like from Iowa. You don't know these people, Elliot. Um, so whatever, his roommate and his girlfriend ended up, you know, hooking up behind his back, blah, blah, blah. He found out, did nothing about it, didn't kick the kid's ass or anything. But those two people are getting engaged and he's standing up in the wedding. I would never. Oh, ever, my ever heart. Oh, my gosh. My heart. Unless he's planning How on punching him in the face that? at the altar, I would never go to that. You're like the cuff groomsman. Like, I don't even understand why would you even do that, bro? That's awful. Makes no sense. Oh, he got engaged this week. So, I mean, he's maybe he's not mad because he's getting married himself. I don't know. I mean. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Yeah, but no. I mean. No. 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 Absolutely not. That's the shit show of the year. Uh, you can't it. do that. Jeff, and they still live with that. each other for, like, at least a few months like after this happened like in their apartment it happened and they still... Jeff set up the interview set up the interview <laughs> yeah we need to get I don't think his new wife would here. like to hear this well let's let's Just uh, tell, don't, don't let the new wife know that they're being interviewed have them go to like a coffee shop somewhere blur set up face. the interview yeah blur face <laughs> yeah blur face and change the voices yeah we, we should do, do that style I want yeah, to hear the story. 100%. This I feel like this story not only will it start well, just like the precursor to what happened, but I feel like this is going to end well with like the wedding, you know, just like them being there and everything that's going on, standing up right. at each other's weddings. There's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know. It's he's not, not the style. best man, right? He's he's the groomsman. He's just yeah, guy. Good, good. Because I mean, if you were the best man, it would have made it ten times worse. Like I'm, I just. How are you even friends with this guy? You know, I hope that he one, has like 12 groomsmen too. Like you're just a random, like you're not the top four or something like that. Yeah. Cause ugh, I don't know. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, whatever you're into, whatever you're into. Right. So those are the shit shows of the week. Uh, Jeff, you definitely won that one. Uh, we're just talking about overpaid bar tabs and shit. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's the turn for the worst. So let's get into it. We have a great interview with uh, Michael Quinn. Michael Quinn, he is the co-founder of the Feltman's Hot Dogs. And Feltman's Hot Dog is the uh, creator of the first hot dog ever. So we're going to check that out. It's a great interview. Before we get into it, I want to talk about our upcoming guests coming up. Uh, We have uh, John Wayne Gacy's lawyer. 
coming on. So that's going to be a fun one. We're going to ask him a lot of questions. Um, we're going to be having uh, Mr. Onesto, who is the owner of Arcata Theater in St. Charles, and also that he just opened, revamped and opened Des Plaines Theater. Uh, so that's going to be a fun one. We're going to be having Cubs outfielder Michael Hermosillo coming on the show. And uh, there's one more. Who am I forgetting that we're going to be having on the show? Oh, obviously, we're going to be having Frank on the show. Frank's going to be coming on. We're going to be talking with him. And, uh, oh, Mr. Ozzy Guillen himself. Ozzy Guillen and his son are going to be coming on. So that'll be a fun time. I can't wait. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So those are all going to be fun guests. Make sure you guys stay and listen to that. But right now, we are going to be having a very special guest. And I hope you guys enjoy this one. So here we go with uh, Mr. Michael Quinn. All right, everybody, for our next guest, we have a very special guest. His name is Michael Quinn. He is the co-founder and chief engagement office officer for Feltman's Hot Dogs. Uh, if you guys know Feltman's Hot Dogs, it is one of the greatest. No, it is the greatest hot dog in the world. Um, shout out Frank the Tank for getting me involved and in introducing me with uh, Michael and Feltman's Hot Dogs and being all about it. Uh, what's up, Michael? How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me as a guest, guys. Thanks. I appreciate it. Happy Always to be here. Always a pleasure. Now, the first time I met you, we actually ran into each other. I walked into, uh, what was it? What was the Old Ale House. Yes, it was delicious. Uh, I got greeted with two beers as soon as I sat down, and I mm -hmm. ran into Michael, and uh, just started talking hot dogs, and this man probably knows the most I've ever known, or most. The person I've ever, the first person I've ever met to know this much about hot dogs. Well said. Um, well said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's actually coming out with a book called The Hot Dog Bible. Uh, huh? Let's talk about the hot dog Bible first. I want to talk about that. It, I'm shopping around right now and it just seemed like the, the natural progression. You know, I mean, I'm primarily, I mean, people are like, oh, you know a lot about hot dogs, but, you know, first and foremost, I'm a, a historian. I'm a New York City historian, Coney Island historian. Feltman's the brand Feltman's and the name Feltman wouldn't have existed again if I didn't have that interest in history, you know? So it just made sense for me to kind of write it all down, uh, create a book uh, and um, not only the history, but also create recipes and toppings that I've come up with and regional toppings for hot dogs and, and things of that nature, you know? And if you go to, you know, our website, Feltman's hot dogs.com, we sell just about everything right now from hats and, Shirts and bibs and you know side so hot dogs and the bacon. I was just gonna say bacon, yeah. Hence, <laughs> it's just the natural ev evolution, the natural evolution that there's got to be, you know, there's got to be a book. So when and I have that all the time where people are like, oh, I ordered your hot dogs. How do I cook them? What toppings do I put on? What happens like you know the, the casings about to burst? Which I, is it too hot? So I get all these questions. It's almost like you want a guide to it. But I say, you know what, just instead of just a guide to how to cook a Feltman's hot dog, how about a little history, a little background, you know, how about some photos and with with different interesting recipes, some of them that I've made up over the years, uh, some of them that are more orthodox and go back to the, the old Feltman's restaurant of, of over a century ago. So it just made sense for me to work on this book. And um, I'm at, at this point right now, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm talking to some big publishing um, houses. Uh, some of them are not too kind. Um, it's unbelievable. At the, some of the things they say, Wait, well, I'll give you, I had this tell, one. Tell us, yeah. I was going to say, tell us, what not, he, tell us, I'm not going to mention, but one of the biggest of the <laughs> biggest, my literary agent, well, you know, <clears throat> not 25 and he's not famous on TikTok, 
If he was famous on TikTok, anyone's famous on TikTok automatically gets a publishing deal. And, you know, not, I don't know. There's not really that many celebrities or any celebrities that promote Feltman's. And um, so basically the fact that, you know, I can't help the fact that I'm old, that I'm 46 right now, but I couldn't write this book at 25. I didn't bring mm-hmm. Feltman's while I was 40. Right. And, and for me to have this knowledge and to think that this publishing house only wants TikTok stars who probably are not even able to write a book. They're probably going to have a ghostwriter, you know? So that's kind of the stuff you deal with right now. So, but I'm, I'm still working out, knocking on doors, but I think it's going to be something, something really interesting. It just makes sense as far as Felton's is concerned, as far as um, having a book a guide and some, something interesting. I don't want it to be a cookbook. I want it to be kind of like a hybrid, you know, something, cause I'm more of the history guy. I love history more than anything. You well, know? you're talking to a, you're talking to a bunch of guys from Chicago too. I mean, you, you can't really talk about Chicago and not talk about Chicago style hot dogs. And I know you're, you're you do New York style hot dogs, but when I first started doing the research on Feltman's, I mean, mm-hmm. originally when I, you know you look at your website, it looks like you guys had like a Disney World of hot dogs based on mm-hmm. you know the restaurant, the hotels, the movie theaters. I mean, the history of it. I'm I'm excited just to read the book when it comes uh-huh. out, just to see you know or learn more about you know how it all started and, and where it all began. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know the, the thing about Feltman's, you know, you obviously invented the hot dog and. and it didn't debut in Chicago until almost 30 years later. And felt Frankfurt sauce where they use Vienna beef. And that's the beginning of Vienna beef was at the Columbian Exposition of 1893 mm-hmm. uh, at the World's Fair. Uh, they use poppy seed buns and, you know, pepper and celery salt and all that, jazz, which I do like. And it's interesting. There's a place in Parksville, Brooklyn, where Charles Feltman lived, actually, where he had his bakery. A couple of guys who actually opened up a Chicago style hot dog joint and it's called dog day afternoon now what's interesting really? with al pacino the attica you know that scene was oh, yeah. actually across the street from this place so these guys actually named it after you know hot dog dog day afternoon but the movie was shot right there and um and i love going there and and they they appreciate when i show up and take a picture whatever but i appreciate all different styles of hot dogs you know what i do i bring it back to square one but I just love visiting different places, places that have hot dogs and, and whether or not they're have the name of Nathan's or, or Vienna beef or Feltman's doesn't really matter to me. You know, everyone has the, the different version and anywhere in the country you go, everyone has their own version of hot dogs, mm-hmm. you know, California, the Southwest, or, you know, even up, I think in New England, they have like red hot dogs, you know, they're actually red. Um, so it really, you know, different areas you go, everyone has like their, their different, um, their hometown version of the hot dog. That's Even what I love about hot dogs. Oh yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's um, what I love about hot dogs. Oh, real quick, real like quick. I, I keep I keep like cutting you off too. My bad. Um, no, even in Iceland, you, you guys heard about Iceland? They they're pretty famous for their hot dogs. I had a friend of mine uh, went up to, uh, went to visit Iceland. He goes, "What should I do? What should I eat?" I said, "Try the hot dogs. It's like hot dog mania in Iceland. Like they're known Crazy. for." The- I'd never been there. It's probably too cold for me. I deal with the coldness in New York. I don't know Iceland for a hot dog, but, but, but I've heard, I've read about it. And Iceland is just like super enthusiastic about hot dogs there of all places. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't think that, but it's, you're right. That's true. That's awesome. You're not like bougie about your hot dogs. I was, I didn't know if you were just going to be all about the New York Coney Island type or are you out yeah. there trying it. So that's pretty cool. You're, you're giving everybody a chance. It's not really a bougie item. Like, you know, hot dog when, when Charles Feltman invented, <laughs> I spoke in 1867 
the, the frankfurters existed buns existed he was the first it's kind of like when the peanut butter met the chocolate and became a Reese's. he was the first to have the, the sausage meat the bun and from all the research i've done over the years he never wanted to admit that he invented the hot dog do you know what i'm saying it, it would be like owning like a five-star restaurant and saying you started with a halal cart you know in times square for him it, w- it would or it would have been like you know saying that he invented like the latex condom it wasn't something he would rather tell people that he owned the largest most restaurant in the world which he did or he had this hotel or you know what i'm saying for that but especially during that time period it wasn't about money it was about like what you had materialistically as far as structures and homes and mansions and restaurants things of that nature you know but um, and, and he had more than than hot dogs on the menu. I mean, he, he was actually more famous for the short dinner, which was the millionaire's dinner. It was five bucks and the whole table is covered in seafood, lobster, bluefish, all that type of stuff. So uh, I really from what I know, I, I don't think he would really want to even admit he invented the hot dog because it was kind of like a poor man's way of, of, of making a living, you know, selling sausages on a buns from a pie cart in the sand dunes of Coney Island after the Civil War. But it got to that place where he became uh, a world world-renowned restaurateur, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a crazy history of what he has, but to the person that revived it, which is you, and I believe it was your brother as a co-founder, um, what, give us the history of you and your family history around Coney Island that got you involved to wanting to revive Feltman's Hot Dogs. Yeah, well, you know, I was born in Coney Island and grew up in the area. And um, I think more than anything, I just loved history, you know, whether it was my grandfather or people telling me about New York. And as many of you guys know, um, I lost my uh, other brother on 9-11. And I think after 9-11, I really, Jimmy, yeah, I really wanted, I wanted to leave New York when my, and like when I was young, I wanted to go to Hollywood, you know, I was doing acting at the time and doing all that stuff. And I really wanted to leave New York. But after 9-11, I just fell in more, even more in love with the history of New York. And I really felt I became more excited about places like Coney Island, places like, you know, the history of Feltman's. So I think definitely that was the impetus behind it, you know. And initially, we wanted to, like, bring back the restaurant. Because the restaurant, if you look at these postcards, I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was too sad. Um, they would serve 10,000 people at once in one sitting. So to put that in perspective, Battery Park City, which is located in Manhattan here, has 10,000 residents. So that would be like feeding Battery Park City every night of the week. So it was just an extravagant restaurant and a part of Coney Island that's that you can only fantasize about these days. You know, they have these great amusement parks like Luna Park and Steeplechase Park and Dreamland. And when you see the postcards and pictures and you're like, wow, imagine going back 100 years and experiencing that i mean coney island back in its heyday it would have been like you know modern day dubai and you know modern day dubai and like las vegas had a child that would have been coney island in 1904 and i just kind of love that fantasy and they say you know what i come from a great place i was born there and i have all this rich history so why don't we bring it back and instead of bringing it back in form of, of recreating felton's as a restaurant we brought it back in a hot dog that millions of people eat you know that million people's millions of people can experience. I, I had a, when I had a little takeout window on St. Mark's place in the East village, I had an old lady that came in with the son and she heard Feltman's returned. And she used to go there as a little girl to Feltman's. And I handed her, I grilled the hot dog myself and put a little sauerkraut on it. Like she liked to slap with my mustard that I made homemade. And she took one bite. She closed her eyes and she immediately went back to 1940s Coney Island. 
Like she's back oh. at felt arcade or the, the music of the carousel, totally taking one bite of that hot dog brought her back to the time when she was maybe 10 years old. You know? I was literally going to say that with just reading your story and, you know, you guys bringing it back. It's, it's almost like you were bringing it back in a time machine, you know, just looking at the pictures, looking at everything that, you know, the originator started just how it all you know began to where you guys are today. You guys were literally almost putting in a time machine and bringing it back for people today. Nostalgia. Yeah. That's what nostalgia, you know, and it's New York history. And I love New York. I've never lived anywhere else in my life, but New York city. And I just, you know, I just, I just love just respecting and honoring it and just kind of, you know, experiencing the past of New York. You know, it just, it has such a rich history that, um, and it's great to do it in the form of a hot dog. Could be a lot worse than that. Hot dogs <laughs> definitely bring back some nostalgic, nice nostalgia. Um, I when I eat a hot dog, I always think about going to the Bulls game as a kid. I always think about going to the Bulls game and the Cubs game, and every time I eat it, it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just brings back like memories. So yeah, I guess it's kind of weird. Hot dogs do create, <laughs> you know, they create good memories. And uh, um, the thing about your hot dogs, though. They're like premium cut trimmings. They're the real deal. They're the they're more expensive hot dog for the right reason. And it's because it's a better kind of hot dog and it's worth it. Yeah. So, I- And to your other point, you, every young boy in America remembers the first time they had a hot dog where their dad took them to either Nathan's or, you know, Pink's or somewhere in Chicago, Portillo's. Like you always have that. It's almost like the first memory of when your dad takes you to the ball game. You always right. remember your dad takes you for your first hot dog, you know? Um, but yeah, our hot dogs are true to the original. Uh, we don't use that pink paste and slime and put all the chemicals and nitrates in it. We we, we make a German sausage because that's what Fel- Charles Felton served back in the day. Again, he didn't create the sausage. He created the bun. We f- decided to go back to square one to what he was serving uh, back at Felton's back in the day. So so that, that was really important to us. And it's not easy because you got all these brands like, like Bar S and, um, you know, like Oscar Mayer, where they make... They don't make high quality hot dogs and you got to compete. So you just got to be true to yourself and say, have people that are sophisticated, intelligent enough to figure, you know, this is like, this is the Tom Ford of hot dogs. You know, this is, you know, it's, it's, you know, to pay because it it costs us, it costs a lot to make it because we don't, there's no shortcuts. You know, we hang it in a smokehouse for three hours, like a grilled sausage, you know, the natural casing, uh, lean cuts of beef. It's just, you know, when it comes down to it, it's it's we put everything we can and we don't cut corners uh, just to kind of make uh, for a bottle of wine, you know. So they say uh, an, a hot dog on average. And these are articles I've read shaves about 36 minutes off your life. Every hot dog you eat <laughs> a Feldman's yeah. hot dog. How many minutes would it shave off your life? Uh, about 10 years adds to your life because it's, it it's, adds. To- there you go. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. You, you heard it. Here. Well, at least, you know, you, you have strong, strong bones and muscles, the protein in it. It's real protein. Uh, I know that was trend recently. There's always some kind of thing like uh, uh, this afternoon we uh, had um, uh, Andrew Zimmern. Uh, he just retweeted us about, you know, against the, the debate whether a hot dog is a sandwich. Um, me being a historian, I know very well that Feltman's restaurant used to advertise on the boardwalk and in their menus uh calling it a frankfurter sandwich that's what they call it um because it was a frankfurter sandwich so you know for me it's just um it's just basically what it is you know 
It's basically a sandwich, a sausage between between a bun, inside a bun. So you heard it here first, guys. Normal hot dogs save 36 minutes off your life for each one. Feldman's hot dogs, they will actually add, add years to your life. So buy them, eat them. They'll do you well. No indigestion either. You know, it's not going to repeat on you like like the other because it's, it's actually real. real. So I'm sorry I'm playing cats here. <laughs> All right. I actually haven't had a hot dog it. since I haven't had a hot dog since junior high. So oh, I really? need those extra 10 years. So I'm going to have to come out east and, uh, you know, take uh-huh. some of those down. Well, we I was just going to say we ship. We go to feltmanshotdogs.com. And if you go to Whole Foods, we're like one of the top selling, if not the top selling hot dog at Whole Foods nationwide. I mean, I, I don't know who sells more than us, but we, we kick ass at Whole Foods. And that was a game changer for us. We get onto home, Whole Foods uh, about a year and a half ago. And, you know, with Feltman's, whenever we're um, cl- trying to close an account, whether it's Publix or Whole Foods, um, they usually fly me down. I'm like Mariano Rivera to close the deal. You know, I'm, I'm the closer. And that yeah. was a game for us. Getting it to Whole Foods totally changed everything. Like just, and especially not even getting to Whole Foods, but we're kicking ass in Whole Foods. Like people are just, buying it every two to three days selling out but you know definitely wherever you are, i don't know where you are but you know in, in whole foods if you're near whole foods definitely pick them up or or we'll ship i already have the wife uh so as we were prepping for the interview i told my wife you know i got two kids we eat hot dogs mm-hmm. brought up feldman's she's very health conscious so she, right when i started reading the reviews and you know the background and how you guys produce the hot dogs she's like all right going to whole foods we're buying them we're bringing them home so might have a taste test you know eventually here on the uh, the feldman's hot dogs i'm coming over exception of hot dogs you know that, that that's our job mm-hmm. so do you have is there any bad blood or i should say beef is there any beef between you and uh nathan's well, it's interesting because, you know, obviously many people know the story that Nathan did work at Feltman's. Right. He didn't work D. Charles Feltman. D. Charles Feltman died in 1910. Nathan worked there the summer of 1915 for uh, Feltman's sons, uh, Charles Jr. or Charles L. Feltman. And he worked there as a meager bun slicer that, in, you know, remember Feltman's is the largest restaurant in the world at the time. And I'm sure when, you know, Nathan left Feltman's and put his paperwork in and says, hey, I'm opening up my own hot dog place down the block. I doubt they blinked. It would have been like if someone that worked for Disney World put their paperwork in and said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm quitting on Monday. I'm opening up an amusement park down the block. I'm sure Disney would have been scared or, or frightened or intimidated. By- right. Yeah, I'm opening so, Netflix. <laughs> and also, people have to realize the fact that, you know, there's, there's the whole story that, oh, Nathan put Feltman's out of business. That's interesting because Feltman's went on for nearly another 40 years after Nathan left. So they, they existed for another 40. So it wasn't like Nathan left, undercut him. Nathan, uh, Feltman did the 10 cent franc. Nathan did the, the nickel franc. Went down the block, undercut Feltman's and went out of business. That was it. No, they went on for another 40 years. What, what, what put Nate, uh, Feltman's under was the, um, you know, was, was the area changed. You know, America changed. People weren't going to Coney Island as a resort town and spending their honeymoon there or vacation. They were flying down to Miami or they were, you know, they were traveling and automobiles and highways. And, you know, so once Coney Island ceased to become a world renowned resort town, all the other parks closed like Steeplechase and Luna Park and then eventually Feltman's. So it had nothing to do with Nathan's at all. And Feltman was more than just a hot dog place. Yes, they had nine grilling stations. Yes, they sold 40,000 hot dogs a day. But they also had German food and French food 
and then a gigantic beer garden with a roller coaster that went through the maple trees from Surf Avenue down to the beach at a gigantic hotel. They had America's most famous carousel. I mean, it was it was a resort. It was like Italy on the beach, you know, <laughs> with a uh, with a hotel and and, and and all that stuff. So uh, again, that that's just kind of like just the you know dismiss what people think that Nathan put Feltman out of business, and it doesn't hurt us being in the same sentence because everyone knows Nathan's, you know. And Nathan's claims that they're number, they're the first with the original uh, when they know very well. And, and for many years, Nathan's, if you go to the original one in Coney Island, they would actually, uh, the narrative on their placemats when you would get a hot dog, whatever, would say that Nathan um, worked at Feltman's where the first hot dog, where the hot dog was invented. And then, you know, him and his wife had got $300 and moved down the block and opened up Nathan's Fames. That was their narrative. Nobody wanted to be closer to Feltman's than Nathan's. Once Joe and I, my brother, bought the rights to the name Feltman's, the narrative changed. The next day, you went to Nathan's, and it said, Nathan Handwerker and his wife, men in Coney Island, fell in love, and the hot dog was born. End of story. That's I what was just, says. I was just going to say that. I, when, when I started doing the research for all this, when you go to Nathan's, you, you research all of Nathan's, there's no mention of Feltman's. And I was going to bring that up, so that's so Powers. interesting that you said that. For their marketing plan, because Nathan wanted to be close. Oh, Nathan's great, because he worked for the guy who invented the hot dog. Uh, well, it, you know, it doesn't work for them anymore. So the, 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 the day after we did that, after we bought the rights, and we, I swear, I, the, the complete narrative change for Nathan's at that point just screwed up their marketing plans. Yeah. Probably fought at a, higher, a whole new team. <laughs> Who do they think they are? That's, that's annoying. Well, you know, <laughs> that's what they used to be. When I was a kid, you know, I remember first time I had Nathan's, I guess probably was like um, the late 70s or something. It was when actually the, the, the hand workers owned it. And uh, now it's uh, the hot dogs are licensed to a company based in China called the WH Group. Um, really? So, but different now. Yeah, they, they don't own the restaurants, but they, they're licensed. Uh, Juan Long is the president. Uh, he owns uh, Smithfield. Smithfield and based in, I think they're in Chicago now. They were in Virginia before. But they manufacture. So basically, I mean, they're licensed to a company that's based in China. But they do, which is nothing wrong with that. But the fact is that they... they do this whole hoopla with the 4th of July. We're American. We do the hot dog eating contest. Uh, but people don't see that. It, again, it doesn't matter to me, but maybe other people it does. And it's not the same. It matters to me. I don't want a China dog. I want a nice American Coney, Coney Island dog. You know what I'm saying? You want the OG veteran owned, as, as they say, American hot dog, you know? But yeah. uh, And I was going to say, I mean, with with hot dog shaving 36 minutes off your life, when you think of the American, you know, the, the 4th of July hot dog eating contest is, I mean, they're shaving years off people's life over there. I mean, you know, I don't know if what that's type. Of, what's that promoting? I know it's. They you know, should it's be popular. charged. <laughs> they should be arrested for murder. I, I think. I don't know. That's that's what I think about Nathan's. I think they should be charged and arrested for murder after having those hot dog contests. We can well, start the movement here. We're starting the movement right here. Yeah, we'll start it. <laughs> when I was a kid, it was like four people in an alleyway, it, it, you know, and maybe like fifty people watched it, and it was always the fat guy that won. And then all of a sudden. Uh, Kobayashi, who was a very good friend of mine, by the way. Me and Kobe are very close. He was the first to eat 50 hot dogs. Actually, Bob Dylan on his, his radio show about two years ago mentioned Kobe. And Kobe's a star. Kobe's great. But he's the one who took it to the next level where people like would win and eat 12. Yep. And then Japan, and he just crushed it. He was just like the Babe Ruth of, of that <laughs> of hot dog eating. You know? What was his record? Uh, I know Joey Chestnut's up there, too. And, and um, Kobe's a little bit, he's, he's up there in age, you know, but 
uh, he had some issues. He actually had an issue where he, um, with his jaw. So he actually, he, he hasn't been able to eat as much over the, probably still eats like 65, 70, but you know, he had some issues with his jaw and Nathan's had him arrested on stage because they didn't want, um, he didn't want to sign a contract with them. Now he's worth millions, by the way. He's worth more than, than because you win the contest, you only get 10,000. Yep. Eat all that shit. And, and then at the same time, you know, Kobe was such a famous person from being like the first Japanese superstar hot dog eating champ. You know, he got deals with Pizza Hut. People, Nathan's didn't want him. Nathan's wanted him exclusive. So he wouldn't be able to make the millions he did if he, if he contracts. If he shows up, it was about a decade ago, shows up on stage. Nathan says, no, you can't compete. He goes, free coat. I want to, I want to, I want to do on stage. They had him arrested. They threw him down to the 60th precinct, put him in jail, and he came out with free Kobe. Free Kobe was the T-shirt. <laughs> didn't want to sign a, you know, a Faustian deal with 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 Nathan's mm-hmm. white. Only getting ten thousand if you went because that because if he signs a deal, he has to do promotions for them. He has to do commercials for them, and they're not that much. Well, so not, he, on, not only that, Michael. Uh, so yeah. we interviewed a professional eater on our show the other day, or not the other day, it was like a few months back, and yeah. they want control of everything you do with your career if you're yes. going to compete on Nathan's. So yes. that's why uh, the gentleman that we, uh, Randy Santel, he's a professional eater. You can follow him on Facebook, follow him on YouTube. Atlas. Um, yeah, Atlas. He does work. Yep. That's, that's his pose. Um, but yeah, Nathan's wants everything, every penny that you're going to make, they want a piece of. If you're going to be on that stage, Crazy. you know, supporting their brand and, you know, eating on the 4th of July. So, and I mean, Kobe, they did that to Big Cat. Oh. Brandon himself, and it's funny, you know, uh, Mike, I brought him to McSorley's one night, and he thought I owned the bar. He's just like, oh, we're going to Quinn's bar. And it's like, because I used to work there as a kid at McSorley's. Yeah. And one night I went in there, and it was a bunch of, like, you know, bros in there, you know, like college kids, whatever. And they recognized him. He took a picture in front of the Feltman sign. But anyway, he, sit, he sits, he stands in front of the bar, and there was some fat dude with his belly on the bar. And Col- I lined up six hot dogs, and he ate them like, like, looked like a typewriter, you know, going across <laughs> That dude is like, what the fuck am I drinking? You know, and yeah. Rose were like, dude, it's Kobayashi. And they kept buying us round after round after round. It ended up in the gossip column of the Daily News, me and him. Oh, my gosh. Like former Nathan's champ is, you know, is now with Feltman's. And it was just, it's, what a fun night that was. Oh, it's my gosh. man. That's legendary. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, I introduced Frank the Tank to not only Feltman's, but I introduced him to McSorley's. And we did that segment together, you know, and right. um, but someone like Kobayashi is a little bit there. You know, I don't think Frank could keep up with Kobe as much as he eats, you know, no chance. So Frank, Frank can't, Frank can't, um, he can't chug as he would say, he can't scarf him down. He can eat him slowly. So I think yeah. if this was like a marathon, Frank would definitely win, but because it's a sprint, there's no shot, you know, in a when marathon, gotta, Frank is winning. You got to show the footage. He did a great job when I introduced Mick Storley's and he was just so enthralled by it. He's like, take Looking at, oh my God, there's the there's Harry Houdini's handcuffs and there's the chair that Lincoln stood on. Yes. And I brought him in there, and this was a, a, back in November two years ago. So it was almost exactly two years ago. So it was a Monday at 11 a.m., and he's doing his Barstool hot dog review with me, 11 o'clock at McSorley's. And at the same time, Fred Savage was directing a net in the other room. <laughs> at 11 o'clock in the morning on Monday. So at Frank does the thing, and it was Feltman's was his first Grand Slam. He goes, "This is the first time ever. This is a Grand Slam." Okay, so he does that, and everyone's cheering. 
and you see the camera and you see Fred Savage in the background in the other room looking in like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I haven't That's awesome. Fred Savage. I'm like, only McSorley, New York City, Monday morning at 11 a.m., you have Frank the Tank doing a bar still review of, of hot dogs and Fred Savage in the other room directing a Netflix series. It was just like, it was just out of, out of this world, you know? Yeah, it was I'm, awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back on. I'll throw it on uh, Frank's page uh, tomorrow because that was a classic. I'll throw it on uh, Throwback Thursday for Tank. Shout out Fred Savage because you can make him out in the background. And everyone's That's awesome. Bartenders. And there's Fred like, like just totally baffled. Like what? I'm imagining Fred from like the neck up too, just being like. Yeah, you can see his face <laughs> there. And Frank just did this whole animated like, you know. And it's just, and it's a grand slam. You know, it was just funny. You know, he, it just, he goes, bring out the golden or bring out the big apple, right? It's a grand slam. Ever. This hot dog's a grand slam. And the whole place is cheering. And Fred Savage trying to direct a Netflix special. Because why at 11 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you're about a hot dog, you know? It was just off the charts, you know? So when I went to McSorley's, we had, dude, it was a great time. It was the best hot dog I've ever had. I, and I told you, I said the second best hot dog I've ever had was Gene and Jude's. And that's the only other time I've seen Frank give a hot dog review a Grand Slam. So yours beats out Gene and Jude's for sure. But have you ever had Gene and Jude's? I haven't. Where is that? Where do you get that? That is in uh, Schiller Park in Illinois, which is, people will say it's from Chicago, Illinois, but it, it's more... Uh, Schiller Park, Illinois, Desplaines, Illinois, and I don't, uh, it is. I don't, I, I'm lucky if I get to Newark. You know, I don't. I don't really need get unless I'm like traveling with the trade shows and stuff. <laughs> I don't really, but I love to try it sometimes. Do they deliver nationwide or? or they, they might. Something? They might not. If not, I'll put it in a nice little envelope and I'll just ship it to you. Yeah. No, because <laughs> you have to. Get the, you have to get those it's fries pork. fresh. Is it pork or beef pork mix or is it all beef or? Do you know? I think it's I think it's pork, but I, pork, pork, not pork. It's pork, but I want you to give us the difference and what there is a difference. A lot of people don't know this between the difference of pork and beef and mixed for hot dogs. Big time, big time. The taste is completely different. Uh, pork so, hot dog, hot dog or beef mix. I mean, comparing you know apples and oranges, as they say. I think you know it's just completely different. You, you can't even compare. You know between the pork. What's and the a Feltman's hot dog? A Feltman's hot dog is what. All beef. You have to remember when, when Feltman was selling hot dogs, he did a variety of sausages. And you know, when, when Frankfurters or hot dogs were made, they were made out of like leftover cuts of whatever they had, you know, whether it was veal, whether it was pork, whether it was beef. Do you know what I'm saying? It's basically right. leftover trimmings. Like that was basically that's why they stuffed them in a casing, you know, it's 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 intestine. So back then they would use sometimes they use pork, sometimes they use beef, you know, really kind of it really depended on whatever they had left over, you know. I mean, talking way back in, in, in the early days, you know. Okay, I'm pretty sure they got to be a beef hot dog. Uh, I think they get them from Vienna. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I just, I just know that they're pretty tasty hot dogs. And like I said, yours was the first best, but theirs is definitely the second now. Um, so what is, I want you to rank, if you can, if you could rank your top, five hot dogs that aren't Feltman's that aren't Feltman's. And I'm, I'm not talking the brands. I'm talking the style. Like what kind of style hot dogs are your favorite? Well, you know, there's a place I love to go. And this is, this is, I mean, I'm not the only one um, in New Jersey in Clifton. It's called Rutz hut. And they make really good hot dogs. They use Thumans, but they put uh, certain ingredients in it to where they get deep fry it. It gets crispy on the outside, stays juicy. 
Uh, that's one of Frank's favorite places. Completely different. I can't even compare Felton's to it. it, it it's again a totally different style. It's it's pork. Um, it's 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 deep fried, um, and they make the best relish. It's like a corn relish that you put on top of it. And those guys are awesome. They're, like I know them well. I see them at trade shows. We see each other. We give each other hugs. We have two different hot dogs. We say, you know. So you know, Rutt's Hut uh, is definitely probably number one if it wasn't Feltman's and, and just because of the fact it's not like Feltman's it's the opposite of Feltman's in, in every way possible, you know? So that would probably be, uh, you know, you know, one of my top, uh, one of my top, top hot dogs. Um, you know, I, I like the papaya Kings and Grace papaya, even though they use Sabret, it's just like a typical New York late night, cheap Sabret doesn't change their recipe. So, so they sell the same hot dog as cat's deli. But when people go to Katz's Deli, they're like, oh, my God, this is like it's Sabret. People smell the pastrami. They walk in. It's it's just it's the same hot dog as papaya. Now, there's Gray's papaya, which is different than Papaya King. Papaya King was the original up on 86th Street and Upper East Side. And then it was like a relative branched out and did um, Gray's papaya. And they used to have the recession special, especially the one on 8th Street, 6th Avenue in, uh, in Greenwich Village. And I remember at the time, I don't know how much it cost. It was like two hot dogs and a papaya drink for a dollar 25 or something I'm, I'm going back like 30 years you know, bring back know, those days though those days yeah you know so you know papaya king and uh grace papaya you know that that's another one uh windmill down in jersey that's another good one they use um i think sabret makes theirs you know um again it's like pork mix um you know, uh, and listen, the dirty water dogs. When I go, when I get a dirty water dogs, I a dog that's the street. You know, it's sitting in there for God knows how long. Yeah, I don't really get. You know, they're all Sabret, by the way, uh, but they lose a lot of their flavor sitting in that dirty water for like fourteen hours. Um, I always get the hot sausage, which usually is also made by Sabret. And the great thing about the hot sausage when it's a dirty water dog, hot sausage is like really, like it's a hot dog, but it's like really, really extra spicy. But it's, sometimes it's like too spicy; it's overwhelming. But it's sitting in the dirty water for fourteen hours. It's just perfect. Like it loses, <laughs> it's a little soggy. So definitely go to New York City. Don't get the regular hot dog, and they're usually thicker too. The only thing I don't like, you know, they don't have the snap, obviously. So if you ever go to like a, a cart, I would definitely get like you know, like the dirt, the dirty water dog. You know, um, what's your favorite like style of hot dog? Because you know, for example, when I was reading up about Feltman's, you guys have. Um, you know, you, or I'm sorry, just a New York style hot dog. You guys put sauerkraut on there, which I love sauerkraut because I'm yeah. a, I'm a uh, big uh, the toppings. Well, you know, I don't mind chili. I like chili on top, and and you know these things called Coney Islands. They're called Coney's in the Midwest, definitely in Michigan, have nothing to do with Coney Island in Brooklyn, and nothing to do with Feltman. Uh, they were a chain of restaurants by some German immigrants about a century ago, and the restaurants were called Coney Islands after the restaurant itself were named after the um resort town of Coney Island in Brooklyn, you know, and then all of a sudden they started making hot dogs and they called the hot dogs Coney's after the restaurant in, in Michigan, you know, like the, the Lafayette, they have the other one, you know, and had nothing to do with the original, but, uh, and then they came up with the Coney's is basically chili with, with onions and I think yellow mustard and, uh, things of that nature. But I like a good chili dog, you know, um, Skyline, I was at Skyline hot dog itself is not great quality. I went to the one out in Cincinnati a few years ago when I met with Kroger. Um, I thought it was interesting. I, I wouldn't, I would, I don't know. 
top heard the 10. Skyline, heard the Skyline Chili gives you a little bit of a little bit of stomach ache the next day. It could. You know, I don't know if it was that or it was the beer, but, you know, definitely. <laughs> just an, just need a stronger stomach. It's just different <laughs> than what I'm accustomed to. You know, than what I'm accustomed to. So, um, what? Uh, yeah. What absolutely doesn't belong on a hot dog, though? I know a lot of stuff. What's the crazy thing that you've seen that That's just doesn't go? It doesn't belong on it. Um, you know, definitely not ketchup, you know. But sometimes ketchup. I mean, I've had ketchup on a hot dog. I wouldn't be caught on camera. I'm sure people love to see that. Um, you know, the thing about ketchup and hot dogs is the fact that ketchup is usually used to like override the taste of something. Like if you're like a really bad burger, you put ketchup, you're not going to taste the flavor where mustard enhances it. Like we actually, one of the spices we use, one of the, you know, secret spices we use for Feltman's is we use mustard powder. So uh, that's, that was in the original hot dog, but you know, by Feltman's. So, and when you put mustard on, especially the mustard that I developed, Feltman's, we use apple cider vinegar, uh, enhances the, the taste of it. Where you put ketchup, it kind of overrides it, you know? Um, so Jeff puts I mean, ketchup on his steak. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd rather go with mustard. I don't like ketchup that much. <laughs> but, um, you know, it really depends on, on the type of hot dog. And, and you know, um, basically, you know, everyone has their different, their different, um, toppings you know because then you get it to toppings what toppings should you put on the hot dog but i think basically the original hot dog had onion sauerkraut and mustard because you think about it you know that's what feltman did i mean the frankfurter sausage existed on a plate and they would have a side of sauerkraut you'd have the mustard and you have the chopped onions he just took all that and put it on elongated bun you know and and that's native to germany you know so but definitely uh ketchup is usually a no-no unless you're like wasted uh <laughs> You know, uh, there's a place, actually, there's a place, really cool place. If you ever in New York City, it's called um, uh, uh, Ru- uh, Ru- uh, Rudy's. And it's in Hell's Kitchen on like 43rd Street. And this place is unbelievable. It's probably the best dive bar I've ever been in my life. You could, you could get like, a, I call it a Happy Meal. It's like $5 for like a pint and a shot of Jameson. And they give free hot dogs. Oh, wow. Like, free hot dogs. Free. That's legit. Thank and like, and then you always put mustard and ketchup on and they just hand it to you. So you got to eat it just like, cause they're busy. They're like pouring shots and every drink you get, you get a free hot dog. Wow. Places like just, I've been going there for, for so many years and they actually just renovated it. They like upgrade. It's almost not a dive bar. Anymore. You know, I'm like, Oh my God, you got to stop like replacing everything and putting like new, you know, you set the tape over like the ripped uh, booth and everything. But that, that place is just legendary. You know, you, you like you get a free hot dog for every drink. Oh, yeah. and, so I went to yeah. Eastern Illinois University, and uh, there's a place called Mad Hatters. And mm-hmm. bar opens at 7 p.m. They put hot dogs on, like you just said, the dirty water. They just have yeah. them sitting there with some buns next to them. We were all broke college kids. That was the first stop every night. You stop at Mad Hatters, you grab a hot dog, and then you go yeah. to the bar. So you have to respect places like that. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That place is just this place is just similar, just just absolutely legendary, you know. And and I spoke to the manager and I'm like, I they're like, I can't supply your hot dogs to your place. I mean, first of all, they're doing it for free, so you know they're getting the lowest common denominator. Yeah. You know, not like I like free. the way you put that. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, you know, skinless ballpark, which ballpark is actually the number one selling hot dog in America. How but it's not that good. It's not even that good. Marketing. It's all marketing. You know, like yeah, their, their hot dog is trash. 
bump and they did that whole campaign. Even Seaburn National. Seaburn National had the most brilliant marketing campaign in the history of, a, of any brand in history. Back in the 80s and 70s, maybe too, they had Uncle Sam and they would do uh, this whole thing because they were kosher. And they were like, you know, and Uncle Sam would look up and says, you know, we, Hebrew National, you know, are they to a higher authority. I mean, that was, I mean, look at those commercials on YouTube. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, like absolutely brilliant. And people always ask, hey, listen, is Feltman's kosher? And I tell them, listen, our hot dogs are more kosher than kosher. The shit they yeah. put in here, no, I wouldn't even come close to putting in my hot dogs. And also the fact that people think that Felt was Jewish. He wasn't. He didn't sell kosher. That was later on, kosher hot dogs. I mean, you know, he, he's, he was Lutheran from Germany, and he sold the Frankfurter sausage from homeland of Germany, you know. But, um, but you know, everyone just has this, this the marketing. It's just the kosher has got to be better. Not necessarily. Look at the ingredients, what they put in kosher hot dogs. Like if you look Hebrew National now, all their packs like nine ounces. Uh, it looks like a pack of cigars. There's no curve to it. There's no casing. Um, you know, and that was my grandmother's favorite Hebrew National, you know. So it's just like, you know, when, when you go and shopping for hot dogs, I guess it's uh, it's kind of like buying a car, right? It's like you got to choose, uh, you know, <laughs> you got to make right, sure yeah, the right one. Choose. Yeah. yeah. I just love the way you say kosher. Kosher. <laughs> you got that New York accent to it. <laughs> my family's been here over 200 years so i haven't lost my, my new york new york city accent not just new york i don't have a long island accent the new york city accent so but anyway um but yeah i'd like to talk about uh the magazine too if you guys uh, well that's what i just wanted to bring up we were talking about you acting and you doing all these things and just chasing your dreams and it's like it seems like you just don't stop once you know all about hot dogs because i think there's nothing that you don't know about hot dogs after that you just talking to us about all about hot dogs. You like the Abe Froman of New York City. I never wanted to be the sausage king of New York City. Uh, yeah. But uh, just it was more the history. And then when it becomes your business, you know a lot about it. It wasn't like I had some obsession with hot dogs growing up. And to be honest, I don't really eat hot dogs that often. I'll tell you, you know, I like a good hot dog maybe once a week. But you know, every time people see me on the street, they think of hot dogs in my backpack. They have my hot dogs in my backpack. <laughs> I, I Hot, just because I own a hot dog doesn't mean like I have them on me or even in my fridge right now, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, but um, but my magazine, I wanted to get more into media. You know, I wanted to get that was my thing. The reason why Feltman's a success today is because my my media savvy and being on QVC and promoting it. And I mean, I have a blog called The Coney Island Blog, uh, the Coney Island com, and I used to write reviews of Feltman's in the early days. And no one knew that the reviews, the guy that owned was the owned and edited the blog was the guy that owned Feldman's. So I was very savvy with that. I would just write, oh, Feldman's is a pop up here. And it's and I would just hype the shit out of it. And, and a lot of it was true. I mean, people would like, you know, if, if they tried it and said, no, he's wrong. But I, I was I was always very savvy with that, with blogging and, and to using social media um, to really build this brand to where it is right now. And uh, I always wanted to have, you know, my own. Not always, but I thought it'd be cool to have my own like kind of digital magazine. So, so that's when I launched uh, Wiener Mag, and it's Wiener with two E's, you know. And people are like, what'd you call it, Wiener? Like, I get, I said, well, you know, I always wanted to have a hot dog brand called Feltman's because it just sounds. I said there should be a magazine called Wiener because right. it sounds, you know. Uh, okay. Some people, have, I have friends that think, oh, is it a gay magazine? I said it's not. It could be if they want to buy it. Uh, it's not. A gay <laughs> it's, we don't discriminate. You but you, you buy it. <laughs> Put a rainbow um, flag in the left corner. You'll be good to go. Yeah. <laughs> but Wiener is like uh, penis. Wiener is in hot dog. Wiener is as a town, the town in Germany. 
I said all the above. Check all the above. That that's Wiener. But um, but and again, also you know, it, it was available the site with the two E's, so it helps a lot too. But uh, but basically, you know, I've been doing profiles of restaurants. Um, like I said, it's Steve Shripa. I had um, who else? I had just the, my friend Angie Pontani. She's a burlesque star. Um, her daughter's uh, uh, godmother's Lady Gaga, and Crazy. you know, I yeah. So I just do stuff like that, and I just thought it'd be something a little more interesting. Like Barstool does sports, but a lot of it is podcasts and food reviews. But right. I figured, well, I'll be the food guy, and then I could branch out to other things, other topics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. It just for me, it was just it seemed like a natural progression uh, to have my own my own uh, and and I'm not doing it you know it's all digital it's all online you know and um, I did a really good interview recently very popular place in Manhattan called Neary's an Irish pub it opened up on St Patty's Day in, in 1967 and the owner Jimmy Neary has so many celebrities in there. the best lamb chops in the world named after Kathy Lee Gifford she's a regular. Um, he has all politicians, mayor, former mayor, Mike Bloomberg flew this guy to Ireland on his private jet. The owner of this place. Wow. This reopened 91 years old. I said, I got to interview him. I hired this kid who's absolutely fantastic. This guy, John Freya, he was actually in the New York post a couple of days ago, great at video production. His kid's just right on. So I interviewed Jimmy Neary go in there. I actually brought a friend of my family's who was there opening day who knew, knows Jimmy since 1967. We did the video. We did a whole bunch of, we did everything. The interview, he dies two days later in his sleep. He oh dies. My gosh. Sorry. Yeah. 91, died in his sleep peacefully. But it was just like the fact that I had that captured, that interview, and I asked the family, they're like, no, go with it. So that's actually what, probably, that's the last uh, uh, post I've had. It was recently and and uh and wiener magazine you know but you know for me it's beyond just hot dogs and sausages and things of that nature i really like um i just love restaurants i love small businesses i love supporting them especially because of the time that we've we've been through the past years or year and a half you know? so for me it's just like the nat- like i said before just the natural progression to have a culinary magazine you know you ever thought well, wiener- about like wiener magazine we all we love all shapes and sizes just like a, a, a headline right there but that's the point that exactly that's why I came up with that because it's cut like you can't it's, it's hard for most people to say that without giggling a little bit. And also, mm-hmm. this, I love that, though. Yeah. I mean, why Tesla? Right. Why Amazon? Because I yeah. have to do right. so why Wiener? It's just it's just a one word and people don't forget it. Like no one's going to say, well, dude, what's the name of that magazine again? I don't know. Willie. No one's going to forget Wiener, you know, yeah. and, 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 and people laugh because they're interesting. What does he mean by Wiener? Like, what does that mean? You know? And then obviously. Come find out. (laughs) I just figured it's just like one of those one word funny, you know, it could be Anthony Weiner. It could be whatever. So it could be all things to all people. (laughs) Pause. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pause that one. You you really (laughs) hope that one's not Anthony Weiner. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Elliot's got a lot of Weiner ideas. He's just, they're full in his mind. He's ready. The wheels are turning right now, Michael. Like the the kid from uh, Superbad, where all I can think about is wieners. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) A treasure chest full of wieners right here. (laughs) So you said, oh, look at the little kitty. Two babies, two brothers. They're tempestuous childs. They're they're like um, always involved with some kind of rascality. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So what'd you say? We have, uh, w- well, you were talking about for Wiener Mag, you were talking about how you had the Soprano star Steve Sharifa on yeah. on your thing. So that would yeah. make, on your on your magazine, that would make two Soprano stars on 
the uh, wienermag.com. Wouldn't that be? So it would be Steve Sharifa and Michael Quinn himself. Yeah, I've done I've done Sopranos. You know, they pulled me up when I first came out, and I didn't know what they meant by that. My at the time was like, "Hey, you want to be on this thing called The Sopranos?" I said, "Do I have to sing? Like in which key? Like you know, I don't know what it was about." <laughs> so I, yeah, I did a few scenes on that. And can I tell you, um, I had seen I really didn't know him that well, but um, you know, when uh, the lead role there, it was uh, I knew Tony Sirico for a long time, uh, okay. Paulie Wall, kind of from Brooklyn. I remember he was an extra and he used to work on, um, you know, he used to work uh, extra on all these Woody Allen movies. So I knew Sirico and I thought Sirico kind of like put in a word for me. Um, but, you know, uh, the Tony Soprano character, um, he was just amazing. What's his name? Um, James, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini. Yep. I did two scenes there. I did one in the city here in Flatiron. We did a, a scene with um, um, Martin Scorsese was in the scene and, um, and Michael Imperioli. So they asked him back, hey, we need you to do another scene. It's at like Keene University, New Jersey. And we need you just to kind of ride a bike and just go by. Like it was like his daughter was going away to college. So I just like, yeah, here's a bike. Just, you know, we say, go, just ride the, that was like, wasn't really too prominent. So anyway, we, you know, uh, SAG, I was a SAG member. So we had to like, you know, break for lunch. And I remember I had seen James Gandolfini and I just didn't remember him, but he was in on Broadway on in a streetcar named desire. He played Mitch. Didn't put it together. It was the same guy. Cause he wasn't really known at the time. And remember Sopranos wasn't out yet. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. we broke the craft service table. And I remember there was a line of extras, me included who waited, you know, we waited for the food and we were online and Gandolfini grabs a plate and stands in the back. And, um, I remember like some of the assistant, you know, production assistants came up to him and said, James, what are you doing? Just go and go. No, no, no. I'm just like everyone else. I'm just like everyone else. I'm going to wait in the back of the line. These people are just as hungry as I am. Never forget that. True story. Yeah. And I thought to myself, he goes down as a humble man. That's, that's amazing. That guy wasn't the star yet. He was still, he had the lead role in a series and who knows, it could have been canceled after the first show. This is, it wasn't, this was the first season. But I thought to myself, holy crap. I said, you think Barbara Streisand would have done that? You know, I'm like, so it was just, yeah. I, I always remember that. Like, because I honestly, I never, even people that were day players, people had small parts would say, no, I'm, um, you know, I have a big part in this or a small part. I'll go to the front of the line. You know, I mean, the show was about him and he didn't have to wait in the back of the line. He could have just said, actually have someone just grab food for him. You know what I'm saying? But I'll never forget that with, with Gandolfini, you know? Uh, that was something that, um, and we also had the same acting coach for a while too, uh, Susan Grace Cohen, her name was, but I did, you know, I did acting for a while. It was fun, but now I act on QVC, you know, it's a hot dog. There you go. <laughs> I, you know, and I described the hot dog. So we sell a lot of hot dogs that way, but, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he was, he was great. And, uh, you know, Steve Shripa just loves Feltman's, you know, he has, he has two homes, one the East coast and West coast. And he was just glad to be part. I said, Steve, listen, I know you love my friend. I said, I'm, I'm launching this magazine. I know you love the, the grill, you love food. And he had this family lasagna recipe or something. And I said, why don't you contribute to it? And he was all about it, you know. So, um, so it was great to have him in the, in the, the first issue of, of Wiener Mag. And, and if you guys go on to Wiener Mag with two E's, uh, you could actually, it doesn't cost anything, you subscribe. Put your email address every time we... Uh, Every time we post uh, an article or a video or something like that, you guys will be notified. So that's Wiener with two E's, wienermag.com. 
a cat wants to get involved in. What do you do? I'm signing <laughs> up right now, but if my wife searches, you know, looks at my search history, I might get yelled at. Yeah, you might you might have a lot of explaining. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's weird for two e's. It's not it's not spelled the uh, the pornographic way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So yeah. to all the listeners, one more time, you guys can check that out at wienermag.com. That is W-E-N-E-R-M-A-G.com. Again, wienermag.com. Um, yeah. And you guys can sign up. You guys can subscribe. And uh, I know you were talking about, well, you have to be 25 and be a TikTok star. You do have a TikTok, though. You you failed to mention that, that you do have a TikTok. I do. And, and, uh, TikTok and Instagram, it's this is Michael Quinn. Because this is Michael Quinn. And started TikTok, it was musically. And I'm a single dad. I have a daughter that's a teenage daughter. And I guess when musically started, she was probably like 10 or 11. And I just signed up to musically, which was the precursor before it was sold to China, uh, to, um, to, to TikTok. So I really did it just to surveillance my daughter because I'm like, there's a lot of creeps out there. You know, right. there's a lot. So uh, the 11 year old girl, she's on this. Social media is a lot different than it was, you know, a decade ago. And then I started, then when it became TikTok, I just started kind of doing little videos about, you know, what I was up to and, and history and things like that. And then it just, you know, I have 20, I guess 26,000 followers on TikTok, which is not a million, but I think I'm on my way. And yeah, you know, TikTok, absolutely. Everyone should be on TikTok right now because it's like where all the attention is. Like you have to be there. It's just like, and like, you know, when Facebook started, I remember having these girls that are like Columbia Barnard College when, when uh, Facebook started. And it was called The Facebook. And I was on MySpace. I was a MySpace guy because you get this beautiful you know, music and you, know, you could decorate. Top people. friends. You can choose your friends, your top but, eight. That was the best part. Uh, My favorite platform. Yeah. Being from Brooklyn, they wanted to stab each other if you weren't number one. So it was like that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, you know, I had these girls came over to my apartment partying one night years ago, and they were like, I'm like, what are you on? They're like, you're on MySpace? We're in college. We're in this thing called the Facebook. And I said, this is the most plain thing I've ever seen in my life. It's white and blue, and it's just a picture. It looks like a yearbook. And it was all young college girls. Now, I think the average, like my mom is like a Facebook superstar, and she's 74. And that's what happens in social media. It evolves. Even Instagram was like for kids when it started, if you remember. It was, it was like a kiddie right. thing. Now, corporations, international corporations have Instagram, and that's where it's heading with TikTok because the algorithms, I never see anything. It's just you could have like zero followers and just get the precise algorithm where it resonates with so many people and get a million views like that. I've had it happen. So it's just, you know, everyone's attention is on TikTok. Uh, Yeah, I promote Feltman's. I started a Feltman's TikTok, which are a marketing manager now. At the time, it was very interesting because my brother and, and some of our marketing team was like, no, TikTok, it's kids don't. And I said, I'm starting it for Feltons. I'm starting at TikTok. And then they hired some, someone who was much younger than me, like 25. And that person told Joe and everyone, oh, we got, we got to work with this TikTok. They, they listened to this person that we hired, but not me. And we got... Because <laughs> he was 25, that's why. Terrified. Uh, but I, I said, I think we should do this TikTok thing because... It's just, you could just, it's just the algorithm is just insane how much you could get out there in, in such a short amount of time. It's just, it's, it's monumental. So, um, and you could do anything with it. It's not about little 12 year old girls doing dances and, and, all, and what's popular and all that jazz. You know, I mean, there are people in their eighties. I see people, comedians, like, like that are older than my parents, like on have their, uh, TikTok and, and you could find different things, history, you could find fitness, you know, 
Um, so I'm definitely, it's definitely something where you should be, especially if you have a business or an interest. And I'm just proof of it. I'm 46 years old and, uh, you know, I'm not a celebrity and I have 26,000 people follow me on TikTok and I constantly post that are like 50,000 views, you know? Um, so it's definitely someplace that, um, it's, it's, it's definitely the future, you know, and eventually probably there'll be 70 year olds. It'll, and they'll come on with something else, you know, but, um, but yeah, it'll get older. It just happens. Have a decent following. And it's, you know, what I'll do with TikTok, and then I'll convert it to the Instagram, you know, but, um, and it doesn't matter. You have to be shame of your age. You know, I mean, it's all different people of the people are shy to do it. Cause like, ah, I'm not like a 25 year old influencer. You don't have to be, but if you become one, that's nice. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, Michael, I, you mentioned you were, uh, you're a SAG member, right? Yeah. I haven't I, paid my years. So, but, but you know, <laughs> either way, it, the fact that you could say that, I mean, not many people can, I feel yeah. like one of these days we'd love to have you back on and do like a table read of some sort because oh, Shakespeare and soliloquy I could do, I could do, you know, I, I almost every play I was in, I, I remember it's like, like when I did Shakespeare, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, in a way, remembering your favorite song when you were a kid, like you never forget because there's a rhythm to it. You know, the, I, I am potometer and I used to do Shakespeare in the parking lot in the lower East side when I was a kid. And, and, and things of that nature, you know, but, uh, yeah, the acting was, um, and you know, the acting helped me be my position now, you know, as far as, is is being a salesman and owner of a, a brand and being on television with this stuff and, and doing all that type of, all that type of stuff, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I used to do the soaps. I used to do, uh, as the world turns. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to look up your IMDB, but yeah. we, we have to. So I'm going to have, I'm going to have Mikey make sure that he reaches out to you. We got to do a table read one of these days. I Absolutely. Wanna, just to Absolutely. get something but, going here. Cause uh, I know Jeff and I we're big, we're big, you know, actor, you know, we just love movies. We love TV shows. Uh, we love all these prominent roles. So to have an actual actor on here, you know, doing his thing, kind of leading the way, that would be awesome content in our opinion. I had a phenomenal teacher. She was legendary. She went by the name of Uta Hagen. Great book. And she was my acting team. But I would, she would train me and we'd do all this, these exercises and the, they called, people called it the fourth wall. She called it the fourth something else. She wouldn't call them props. She called them personal items. She was very specific about that stuff. But then I would get called to do As the World Turns and we'd do something called five lines and under. So yeah, I would do like, I wasn't like a daycare. I was like five lines and under. But I always typecast as a cop. But I guess maybe because my dad's retired. I just looked like I was clean cut. So most of the, the accent time, too. Yeah, you would How about the voice? Sure. You know, and I could I couldn't say more than five lines, or they have to pay me more. You know, because more than five. <laughs> <laughs> That's like yeah. a task right there. Be like, only give this guy five lines. Get in the fucking yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they call me, I'd be in as the world turns, and I'd be like, <clears throat> "License registration, ma'am." Every time. <laughs> That's so That's fucking hilarious. Funny. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> So you didn't have to practice too much. At least you got it down no. early, and then it was, no. it was it. That was that was a lot of fun. So, uh, Mike, yeah, you have to be the the Coney Island Forest Gump. I, I'm certain you make hot dogs. You you went from making hot dogs to every, everything in the world acting. You know, it, it's literally like bubblegum shrimp. Uh, he was this. He was that. What what is next in store for you? Besides, and now you're doing a, a wienermag.com. When are you going to, are you going to do a marathon anytime soon? I don't think it's done the marathon. No. <laughs> um, maybe 
the sheets. No, I'm kidding. But uh, no, uh, I, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I, for me right now, I just like, you know, I would like to do one person show eventually. Um, I like to, I talk to a few friends of mine that are playwrights. They're interested in collaborating. I thought maybe we'll call it Wiener. Maybe we'll do like something, you know, especially since the pandemic, there are a lot of these one person shows because people don't want to invest in big productions. I love to do maybe like, like we were just talking about now, like stories of my past and starting the business and just come up with something really interesting. I definitely would love to get back to the stage. And instead of doing Shakespeare and stuff, having my own one person show, um, I definitely like, definitely want to get into the media. Um, I definitely want to, hopefully I could get, I'm looking maybe for, I'm pursuing an investment for the magazine, you know, maybe making it legit, getting some podcasts on board with that, you know, a roster podcast. So definitely media, definitely more, um, I'm an artsy guy. I'm not necessarily a business person. You know, I'm an historian. I love history. You could have fooled us. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I let my brother, Joe, he's the West Point grad. Let him deal with all that bullshit of, you know, (laughs) with numbers and all that other shit that I I couldn't spend two minutes doing, you know? So it's just, it's just who I am. And at this point in my life, I just really want to kind of do what I want to do, you know, and just, uh, do everything that you know maybe i missed the first time around you know absolutely well michael it's a pleasure having you on i appreciate the time it was a great time i can't wait to have you back uh mm-hmm. everybody you guys can find michael quinn on instagram and tiktok at i am michael quinn you guys can check out feltman's of coney island on twitter and instagram you guys can also check out wienermag.com am i missing anything this is michael quinn this, is, this is Michael Quinn. This is Michael Quinn. See, we have a habit of, of screwing up Twitter handles here. Is that right, Elliot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, just followed you up. on everything, so I got it right. So I'm already following you, so I'll, um, I'll promote you well. The one yeah. thing I do know, Michael, is that Mikey Betts makes it right when he posts it. <laughs> it's for everyone else to follow. He, he makes it right. He makes yeah, it right. Exactly. Yeah. So once again, Mike. Michael, it was a pleasure. Thank you again for coming on. We can't have, to, we cannot wait to have you back. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, Thanks. Michael. All right, we'll see you. Have a good one. Great rest of the week. Thank you, you everyone. Too. Thanks. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that was our interview with the one and only Michael Quinn, the co-founder and creator of the, or the co-founder of Feltman's Hot Dog, who is the creator of the original hot dog. Shout out! I get my words mixed all the time. And uh, it was great. What do you guys think of the interview? You guys like it? He knows his hot dog stuff, his hot dog history and Coney Island history. He's, he's pretty good. No, yeah, I can't wait absolutely. to get him back on here. Dude, I can't wait to get him back on here to do a, uh, a table reading. We got to put together like a script, like a hot dog script and like have him read this whole thing. I mean, my wheels absolutely. are just turning right now about like what we could put together. I mean, he, 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 dude, he has the Screen Actors Guild Award. Like, he's part of that group. I can't wait right. to talk to this guy again. Him and Mikey yeah, share the same time. theme song, Done Done It All. What'd you say earlier? Done Done It All for Mikey? What was it? Uh, Every Day I'm Hustling. I thought it was. I don't even know. That was the one I said. Yeah. Elliot said a different one. Yeah. Oh, no. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Yeah. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was a really good interview. He's a really good guy. Uh, I met him in New York. Shout out Frank Patank for getting us connected. And uh, it's just crazy the amount of people that we meet and, you know, just get to know through this whole journey of, like, Twitter and social media and, like, releasing podcasts. So it's fun. It's a fun world that we all get to live and experience. So 
Can't wait to have him back on. Once he comes back on, he'll be getting a recurring guest T-shirt. So that gives him more, uh, more you know, reason to come on the show. But guys, with that being said, I appreciate you guys as always. Can't wait for tomorrow or yesterday <laughs> for the wings. And then I can't wait for next week on the Mikey Betts show. So um, guys, want to give you a shout outs where they could find you right before we leave. Yeah, you could definitely find us the uh, Sports Life with the Wife podcast at sports underscore life underscore pod on Instagram. We also have Twitter. Elliot, what is the handle on that one? At Sports Life Pod. <laughs> is yeah. it? I thought it was at sports under life, uh, underscore life underscore pod. That's it. At sports underscore life underscore pod. There you go. There yep. you go. All right, guys. You guys can catch them there. You guys can catch us at Real Mikey Bets, and uh, we drop this podcast all the time. Obviously, you know that because you're listening to it. Appreciate you guys as always, and uh, see you guys next week.